You can't run, you can't hide, and you know the fucking car won't start, cause, duh. There is no escape from horrible horror. Movies so bad, they're scary. Join hosts Marshall Hampton and Aaron Southworth as they try to survive against the worst of the worst in horror movies. If you dare. Hey, 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 Moon Goons! Welcome to Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. I'm your host, Mr. Marshall Hampton. With me, as always, is my co-host, my buddy, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, say hello. Hey, hey, hey! Aaron's jacked up on coffee today. He's getting coffee, out of coffee IV. Diet Mountain Dew and more coffee. So, <laughs> that's a healthy diet. Man, tell me about it. I can feel my stomach. Coffee getting, and Mountain Dew, that's awesome. I can feel my stomach You're, churning. How many ulcers are you going to have tomorrow from this? I don't know. Well. <laughs> um... Anyway, let's see. Before we get to uh, this episode, uh, a few things to shake out the carpet, shake it out. Uh, I want to remind you, everybody out there listening, uh, we are also remember we are now on Spotify as well, along with Castbox. So those are two more places you can find and listen to us at. Ooh la la! Yep. Um, so uh, we should be on pretty much every popular platform now. Um, if there's not one out there, if there's one we're not on, yeah, there's one that let you us know that we you know if, if there's one you particularly like that we're not on. Let us know, but we should be on pretty much every pretty major much one. Pretty much every major one, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, like I said, last few weeks we're gonna keep plugging it. Uh, August twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth. Marking your calendars, make your plans for CreepyCon down in Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville, baby. Because we're gonna be there. We're gonna be at CreepyCon in August with a booth, uh, meeting, greeting, uh, mingling, rubbing elbows with whoever's there. Uh, it should be a really good time, uh, so check that out and try to get down there if you can. If you're in the area, come check us out and say hi. I'd love to meet you. Yeah, or just come on, fly down, and see us because uh, we're that cool. We are that cool. That you're going to plan your uh, end of summer vacation all the way to Knoxville, Tennessee for CreepyCon <laughs> 2019 to hang out with Horrible Horror. Uh, yeah, it should be fun, though. Yeah, that should be, be a good time. Be awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's, I think, all the... All oh, the... I, I do want to say... Oh, Aaron's got I just want to take a time out and say thank you to all of our Moon Goon listeners out there. Honestly, I don't know if we say it enough. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to us, and we've been getting a lot more traction on our social medias, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to us, so we've been doing this a while. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, I, yeah that's great... Well said. I yeah, we probably don't thank you guys enough. We don't thank him enough. Uh, but you know, like I said, on that side, you know, if you really want to continue showing support and help us out, always remember to go. You know, wherever you listen to us, you know, give us that you know review, five star review, or, yeah, or, yeah. or subscribe button, or whatever it is you gotta do. But the more more visible numbers we have, that more it helps it helps us out in the long run with uh, with our end. Uh, all right, so moving on to this week's. This week's uh, cream of the crop movie. I don't want cream. To cream. Well, ice cream, cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Uh, it is the middle of the summer. We just had a 4th of July weekend uh, this year. So we thought, what better movie to go with the dog days of summer, fireworks, and ice cream. Yeah. So we're doing the 1995 Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie that I've known about 
pretty much since we it came out well, in since high school. In high school, yeah. I never did get around to watching it, but I me always, neither. But I, the 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 video art always stuck in my mind. I remember. I always remember the box art. The box art. It's starring Clint Howard, Clint Howard. Ron Howard's brother, brother, and he's got a very unique look. Yeah, the guy does. is very. But ugly. The, the, let's just put it. Let's just put it out there. He's a creepy looking guy. He's but, a creepy looking motherfucker. But yeah, the boxer I always remember because he's got like a he's wearing like a bloody ice cream cone and there's like lightning storm in the back yeah, behind him. And he's and bloody. He's, and got, he's got that creepy look and yeah. it always did strike. Us, it jumped out at me too at the video store. I was always, yeah. but I always knew. I always knew just by looking at that. I'm like, oh, that's a shit movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never got to watch it until now, but I've always known about it. Uh, the movie was written by David Dopkin. Uh, directed by Mr. Paul Newman. Uh, Paul Newman's an interesting... Uh, oh, Paul Newman, you say. Not that Paul Newman. I'm sorry, not Paul Newman. Paul Norman. There we go. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was like, Paul I did, Newman. I, I did that all the time. I know. I kept saying Paul Newman. No, Paul Norman. <laughs> wishes Paul Newman. No, um, <laughs> Paul Norman is an interesting case. He kind of falls in lines with... Uh, I'm going to get the names here. Uh, maybe David DiCatio or... Uh, who is the other one that did a lot of this? Uh, fuck. Oh, HR... Um, HR Blueberry. Yeah, HR Blueberry. <laughs> uh, oh, no, not not so much Alias, but he's got hundred he's got hundred and twenty five directing credits, including such fine fine films as Transitions, an anal adventure. Oh, Stick It in the Rear Two, Intercourse with a Vampire One and Two, Bitches in Heat, <laughs> the porn version of American Pie, <laughs> Hungry Holes, and my favorite one, Sperm Bitches. <laughs> Sperm Bitches. <laughs> Uh, so you, <laughs> Hungry Holes isn't your favorite. That one's probably mine. That's pretty good too. That's a good, but sperm bitches is just, <laughs> just rude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you gotta get the, the the idea of the background of cowboy director we are dealing with. Yeah. Um, this is the only make mainstream feature film he ever did. I'm pretty sure. It, after, it was like all porn, 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 porn. He tried this and then went back to porn. It's uh, so weird because this guy's a porn director, right? Yeah. But this. One time he t- dips his toe into quote unquote legitimate cinema. Yeah, it's got a great cast. It's got a pretty decent cast. Well, let's talk about that cast. We already mentioned uh, our main guy Gregory slash the Ice Cream Man is played by Clint Howard, who really doesn't need any introduction explanation. So we're not going to go into it. Uh, then we have Detective Gif- Gifford. Uh, even though you'll never, I don't think you ever hear that name, but it's played by Jan Michael Vincent. Jan Michael Vincent, who's got eighty four credits. Uh, he started as String fellow Hawk in the short-lived 80s TV show Airwolf. Airwolf. Um, now, Aaron seems to know this guy more than I do. But to me, and maybe a lot of you guys out there too, he's probably most commonly known for, <laughs> not for anything he was in, but for being referenced in an episode called Intergalactic Cable 2 from Rick and Morty. Yeah, that's one of the ways that's I know how, him. Because I, I remember that episode where I was sitting in the hospital watching Intergalactic Cable and this big thing like it was like, Jan Michael Vincent, Jan Michael Vincent, and like, I watched it and I was like, is this a real person? Or is this something Rick and Moore is making up? Because am I supposed to know who this is? Or is this a fictional guy? Because I had no idea. Never heard of him before. And then I saw this movie I was like, holy shit, Jan Michael Vincent. <laughs> I know for, for being referenced in Rick and Morty. So Jan Michael Vincent Airwolf is one of his most famous things. But yeah. he was also more like a, a 70s, 80s action star. So what I remember him from, and this is going to be kind of a weird reference, is uh, I was home, sick from school one day on TNT watching uh, The Mechanic. And my mom was so psyched. She was like, ooh, The Mechanic is on. This is awesome. I'm like, oh, fun. She's like, I'm like, this is old movie, mom. And she's like, no, no, no. You're going to love it. 
Charles Bronson plays a hitman where he it's like the first 10 minutes there's no dialogue he's just waiting to kill somebody <laughs> but he's a hitman and he helps train someone to basically become a hitman that guy he trains Jan Jan Michael, Michael Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> it's a great movie. The Mechanic is a fantastic movie. Okay. I uh, see I didn't know about that. Um all right, moving on from Jan Michael Vincent, we have Nurse Wharton played by Olivia Hussey. Uh she's 58 credits. She's maybe well known for playing she was Juliet in the famous 1968 version of Romeo and Juliet. No shit. Yep. Mm. She's also for horror fans. She should be well known. She's she was Audra Denbro Denball in the original It. Okay. And she was Jess in the original Black Christmas in the 70s version of that. Wow. So two big yeah. horror movies she was exactly, in. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then beyond that, she also has voice acting. And has done the, She's done the voice of Talia al Ghul in the Superman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. She's also the voice of Master Yohan Parr, along with additional voices in the Star Wars Old Republic uh, computer MMO game, which I used to play the shit out of that Oh, game. really? Love that game. <laughs> okay. Love it. Um, so then we have Wanda... Uh, who's played by Andrea Evans. She's got 21 credits. She's, um, she was a mainstay on three major soap operas throughout the 80s and 90s. I mean, like, big time. Like, 92 episodes of One Life to Live, 153 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, and 611 Jesus. episodes of Passions. Goddamn. Yeah. 611 episodes. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Detective Maudwin uh, is played by Lee Majors Jr., or Lee Majors II. <laughs> uh, he's probably... Most, his, most of his a famous dad. Yeah. <laughs> his dad was obviously Lee Majors, and his ex-stepmother was Farrah Fawcett. Um, so, yeah, Lee Majors, too, in this. Yeah, who cares what else he's done? <laughs> yeah, it does. Because he's starring in this movie. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, And then the last two people I'm going to mention are uh, Reverend Langley. He's played by David Warner. Yes. This guy has been all over the fucking place and back. You... 225 credits. He's the voice of Ra's al Ghul in Batman the Animated oh, Series. Oh, so father and daughter. And daughter yeah. in this movie. He also played Superman's father, Jor-El, and Lewis and Clark. He was the voice of Herbert Landon slash Red Skull in Spider-Man the Animated Series. He also played Dr. Wren in the Mouth of, from In the Mouth of Madness, that great John Carpenter movie, one of my all-time favorites. Hmm. Um, no, I'm sorry, Mouth of Madness, not John. Mouth of, Mouth, Mouth of Madness is the one with Shutter Kane, uh, the book one. Uh, that's a great one. I'm thinking of Prince of Darkness is John Carpenter. I like that one, too. Actually, Mouth of Madness might be John Carpenter, too. I might be ruining my cred here. but yeah, it's okay. Anyway, Mouth of Madness is a great movie. He's in that. He was in the original Tron. He's yes. also in Titanic. Yes. Star Trek Five, Six, and Next Generation. Jesus. The 2001 Planet of the Apes, which was a shitty movie, but he was in it. Uh, he was the voice of the main antagonist, John Arinicus, in the hit PC game Borders Gate 2, Shadows of Amun, which is another, for you nerds out there, awesome game. I played the shit out of that as a kid. <laughs> Loved that game. Still love it. What are these games you played the shit out of that I don't know about? I've known you my whole life, and I'm like, what? Because what? you're not that big of a gamer, and they're role-playing games, which you never got into role-playing That's games. That's true. I didn't. Boris Gates, a D&D-based role-playing game. Didn't have the time. Uh, he was in Twin Peaks. He yep. was Professor Jordan Perry in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Yep. So right there, he doesn't need, he's done in my book. That's all you need. Uh, <laughs> but he was also in horror movies Waxwork and The Company of Wolves as well. Yeah, this guy's been in everything. He's yeah. a he's a he's one of the most recognizable character actors. As soon as I saw him, I go, Oh, that guy <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know his fucking name. Yeah. But I was like, Oh, that guy. He's, he's been in really, everything. He's got a great voice in this too. Like he's got a really unique, buttery voice. Tremendous voice. Yeah. Um it kind of it's weird because he's kind of British, but they're not in like He's a, he sounds very British at times, but he, they're clearly not in, in Britain. Nobody in this movie is British. It's like, 
why we have this British accent doesn't make any sense. But his, who cares? He's just sounds, yeah, he's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then last, I'm gonna mention Johnny Spodak. This is played by Justin Is Icefeld. Isfeld. Not a name anyone's gonna know, but this guy's big claim to fame, other than being in this movie, is that he is the guy who basically made brought us the term and made the term MILF famous. Because he is the guy who played Justin, <laughs> aka MILF Guy One, in American Pie. And basically in all the American Pie sequels too. American Pie 2, American Wedding, and American Reunion. No shit. So he's the guy at the party with him and I think it was an Asian dude. Yeah. Staring at a picture of Stifler's mom going, MILF, MILF, MILF. And they're like, what the hell is MILF? And like, mom, I like the fuck. That's him. That's his claim to fame. He brought right. us MILF into common society. <laughs> Wasn't the other guy like uh, the same dude who, the Asian dude were from... Um, David Cho? Yeah. From, uh, yes. Yeah. David Cho from... Uh, 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 White Castle. White, the White Castle. Yeah. Harold Kumar. Harold Kumar. And then like a ton of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was David Cho or Chu. All right. So that's that. Let's move on to the movie. I, I'm going to apologize right now because I had a really bad... I had some really messed up computer stuff going on while I was trying to take this. So my notes are very split. So they might not be as coherent as they normally are. So it's going to be a little me. janky. It's going to be a little back and forth at times. All right. So we start with black and white footage, black and white film of what I guess is supposed to be the 1950s. Very 50s feeling. Yeah. We're talking like sock hops, hoop, poodle skirts. Yeah. You know, that type of, you know, style. Um, so remember, I go. Actually, I want to say this opening is is very confusing and leaves me with lots of questions at the end of it. Um, <laughs> but we're in this picturesque na- suburban neighborhood. You know, everything's it's like very leave with the beaver. It's it's picturesque. Yeah. Uh, and then we see this car come speeding around a corner, a street corner. And at this point, I'm like, okay, whatever. I was not expect. But then I'm not expecting the turn it's about to take. No, because um, it turns into a gang style drive by shooting. Where the guy in the passenger seat is armed with a side-loading L- LMG, opens fire on the neighborhood ice cream truck that's parked <laughs> on the corner just selling ice cream to kids. Which, first of all, the guy, the way the guy holds his gun is really awkward. It's, it's not a very... It's a very awkward gun to use for a drive-by. <laughs> well, at, at first you think, oh, 20, the Roaring Toys, like the old Tommy gun. That, that yeah, sense. but this is the 50... It's like an this awkward... Is, it, this is basically a World War II light machine yes. gun, side-loading style... And the way, first of all, the way you hold, you know, when you hold a gun, picture, you got the, you know, you're holding the trigger in your dominant hand, and then your, your left hand or your off hand is like, you know, basically cusping the, like the barrel, the barrel of the gun is in the, the palm. Rifle, of your, yeah. The gun's on top mm-hmm. of your hand. Right. This guy holds it where his hand is on top of the barrel. Like, there's no support there. You no. There's no control And you can tell there. he's like, yeah. it's like <laughs> wobbling all over in his hand. It's like, are you an American? Yeah. Come on. How do, how are you holding your gun? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Uh, it, it's so awkward looking. But anyway, so they, they, the ice cream truck gets lit up by fucking balls. It's just riddled. And then the ice cream man decides to come out the back doors of the truck. So he too gets, gets plugged sure. with balls. He, he gets filled with lead. You know, if, I, if I'm getting shot at and I'm inside a heavily armored, you know, heavily, you know, yeah. metallic, yeah. Ar- loosely armored, Art. what have you. You know, and also maybe even hide inside a freezer. Nah, yeah. fuck that. I'm going outside to see what's going on. Exactly. So Ice Cream Man falls down dead, laying face first in like the gutter of just water. full of bullets. Yeah, full of bullets. Then a kid, just some neighborhood kid comes walking up to the scene where the Ice Cream, where the ice cream Man's dead body. He walks up to the dead body, takes the frozen push pop <laughs> treat that the Ice Cream Man was holding in his hand, sits down on the curb next to the dead body, and just starts eating the frozen treat. A group of adults now, they walk into the scene. They're like, oh my God, what's happening? 
And now, for some reason, we see the kid in who's also now bleeding from the head, which he wasn't before. So he just what? So he's just bleeding I'm, I'm now? guessing he got hit by a stray. Maybe. That's but the impression. He's per- he's perfectly fine. That, yeah, yeah, but he's it, perfectly fine. But now we see he's got blood coming down his head. Yeah, and then they pan over to the ice cream man. He's got this giant bag of powder out of his pocket. So I'm like. Was he dealing coke yeah, on this I, side? So, He's like this huge, huge. I mean, talking like sandwich bag full of coke. Like so sitting there. The boy's mom comes running out of their house. She rushes over to the kid. He's like, hey, are you okay? Okay. And all the kid says is, who's going to bring me ice cream, mommy? And that's the opening scene. And they said, there's so many questions. Like, first of all, who puts a hit on an ice cream man? Like, why? Like, Pitchock's neighborhood, if you, he, a drive-by shooting. Who's putting the hit on an ice cream truck driver? And what did this guy do to deserve <laughs> a drive-by shooting? What did I'm, he do? I'm, obviously, it had something to do with the Coke. All right? <laughs> had to. <laughs> but it's like, can't you wait for a more opportune that's time? Like, that's a pretty... If you're trying to get away clean, like you're in the middle of suburban America. There's yeah. kids on the streets. There's parents running around. Yeah. Broad daylight. Tons like, of witnesses tons everywhere. Of witnesses like, everywhere. They don't care about collateral damage. Cause I don't, seriously, how many kids would have probably been shot up in that? that we it didn't wasn't see? even like a drive-by. It was a drive, park, <laughs> shoot, and, shoot, and, and then drive away. away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, like, like you can't touch on this too, but I was bringing up in here, but you, great point, like, why the hell does the ice cream truck man get out of the truck no, in the first place? Know. Like, and he's got some protection from the bullets that he could drop to the floor. He's gonna have all these freezers and all yeah. this stuff protecting him. At least better protected, jumping right out into the middle of an open <laughs> sure. junk He hop, he seriously hops like in between the in- gun and he's like, oh my god, I have to protect my truck. Like, Let me <laughs> shield through my body to protect my truck. Not my truck. <laughs> because he just gets destroyed, just riddled, riddled with bullets. So he basically just decides to kill himself. Maybe he's like, oh, fucking, I'm 45. I'm driving an ice cream truck. I'm, I'm ending it now. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. done. I'm done. I can't stand this fucking ice cream truck music anymore. I'm throwing it in. So anyway, so that's the opening scene. The camera zooms up and into the sky. We cross fade to present day. This is where we see some kid named Roger playing an old video game on his TV. He hears the sounds of the ice cream truck coming down. Uh, he gets all excited. He runs over to his mom's purse, steals money out of it, and goes outside, completely ignoring his mom, saying, get back here. Don't steal my money. He is pumped. He is super pumped. Uh, Roger runs up to the ice cream truck as it parks on the side of the street. Other kids are trying to show up. One of these kids is named Tuna, the fat but not fat kid. Yes. Now, why, we, why is he not fat, Marshall? Well, because seriously, it's blatantly obvious that Tuna is just a normal skinny kid. And all they decided to do was take the easy fucking backyard movie-making tactic of just shoving a pillow yes! down his shirt to make him look fat. It's just like he's just wearing an oversized shirt, and they put stuffing in there. Yeah, and, and, and they just threw a pillow. It's like, oh, we have to make a girl look pregnant. Oh, where's the beach ball? Where's the basketball? Yeah. Shove it up there. Because I'm looking at the kid. I'm like, his face is kind of skinny. His face is skinny. His neck's skinny. His arms like, skinny. His legs are skinny. Yeah, I'm like, everything is skinny, and he's got this bizarrely puffy body yeah and i'm looking at him like that kid's not fat no he's a completely normal kid like it's it, which i can't i seriously i can't believe they did this shit this is the cheapest latest costume maker i've ever seen just that, cast a fat that kid said, you really need a fat kid or a chunky kid for look little, at chunk from the fucking goonies right there, <laughs> the goonies did it for chunk the monster squad did it for horse so why can't they just get a chunky kid to play tuna like this is like fucking inexcusable like this is so Beyond like this type of shit, I would expect to see this in like 
Terra Blood Fart Lake. Yes. There you, you would fit perfectly. You have a limited cast. You, you have, have a limited a, budget, super limited. It's just friends basically making a movie. Yeah. And, and actually, in that movie, it would actually fit. It would yeah. work almost. It would be more funny. It would be yeah. funny. This is like a big budget studio movie that said, fuck it, just shove a pillow up there. <laughs> like, whose decision on set was to do that? And how did they not get fired for this decision? I don't know. It might, maybe, maybe it's like a producer's kid who fucking knows. But if that's he's, if I don't. It's Grant, still they, they make a lot of references to the kid being fat in the script. They make a ton of them. But I'm sorry, so I'll say, I'll say they need a fat kid. Yes. But otherwise, like, just get a fat just kid. Just get a fat kid. I mean, Chunk was a, well, Chunk was the 80s, but he's a little older, but you could have gotten somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard. It's not super easy. It's fucking America. There's fat, fat guys, kids everywhere. And fat guys are hilarious. <laughs> Typically hilarious because they gotta be. That's their defense mechanism. Fat yep. guys are usually really fun and funny. That's, that's, that is the case most of the time. <laughs> Uh, so back on track, Roger orders an orange push to pop. And this is where you see Clint Howard as Gregor, the ice cream man for the first time. Yeah. Behind a bars. Got, his, his, his ice cream truck basically has prison bars. Yeah. On it. <laughs> like, like maybe I guess they learned less after the ice cream. What kind of neighborhood are they selling ice cream and they need yeah, bars kind of, on the window? What kind of neighborhood is this? Like who's, like, obviously one ice cream truck just got drive by shooting, but are there other people going around town like mugging ice cream drivers for like their 50 cents <laughs> that they're giving for ice cream? Like, Cause this bars is bars on the is, window. This is totally thugged out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're just an ice cream man in like Compton or South LA. This is ice cream man, like suburban Malibu yeah. or, or, or Dude, Burbank or something. Friday. <laughs> Big Worm. He didn't have bars on his <laughs> ice cream truck. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> like, Thank you. That's a great yeah. part. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Roger, Howard, I'm just, I call him, I just, Clint Howard, I say Howard throughout here for the ice cream man throughout my notes. This is easier. Howard gives Roger some sort, some kind of short shit for not saying please about getting his ice cream. Uh, but Roger gets his push up. He leaves. Uh, and this is where two more of our main kids run up, cutting the line to give Tuna their change so they can get them all their ice cream. And here we meet Heather and Johnny. Oh, yeah. The fat kid's name is Tuna. That's what I see. Yeah. I see yeah. That. So Howard takes your money. And then we see, and this is where we see that his truck does not have very good hygiene, nor does it meet standard health code violation requirements. Because <laughs> there's dead bugs and cockroaches all over the place. And even mice, in the ice cream. Yeah, mice yeah. running around in the ice cream. And right off the bat, I'm like, oh, man. I'm thinking this is like baby's first horror movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, ew, it spooky. Is, it's exactly what we said about Leprechaun. It yeah. very is like Fisher-Price horror. It, yeah. it really is. And it's like, oh, look, there's bugs in the ice cream. There's mice running around. <laughs> you know, I'm like, ugh. So our three main kids get their, uh, their their sweet treats, and they race to the park. And this is where we learn they call themselves the fucking Rocketeers. (laughs) You're right. They call themselves the fucking Rocketeers. (laughs) Not the Rocketeers. The fucking Rocketeers. That'd be way cooler. That would be cooler. But hey, (laughs) we're the Rocketeers. If they said, we're the fucking Rocketeers. (laughs) I wish you got it. I wish if they did that, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I I won't (laughs) give a shit for that, but we're the Rocketeers, guys. I wish to God. God, they call themselves the fucking Rocketeers. I'd be like, those kids are fucking cool. <laughs> but no, just they're just the Rocketeers. Just Rocketeers, fucking geeks and losers. Nerds. Nerd. Got a fucking to it. Oh, now you're, oh cool. now, you're, now you're okay with my book. <laughs> so we cut to the city park or whatever park game where we meet Small Paul sitting on a swing reading his Pied Piper book. Uh, Small Paul is also a member of the Rocketeers who even have their own lame special handshake, which we see a few times. Yep. Uh, fat, not fat tuna is the last one to arrive. Uh, and they, they really hamper, they really it, try to hammer home that 
He is the fat kid. He's fat. He's clumsy. He's he slow. He's slow. He's, he's always shaped. he's always be running behind. Yeah, they it's nonstop. It's, with him. They beat you about the head and shoulders with this. But as as a kid of of excess weight myself, <laughs> uh, at times uh, I get I do take offense to this because they show him he tuna fine catch up. He runs up. He's running to the, the, the playground equipment where everybody's sitting. He trips, falls into the sand. The, you know the sand that that and it's the not, sandbox. Yeah, the sandbox. Sand, yeah, and he gets up, and so of course. He's the fat kid, and his his, his orange, his orange orange creamsicle pop right. gets covered in sand, and everybody else is like, "Well, fuck, that's garbage." Nope. But this guy's so fat, he eats it anyway. <laughs> he, he brushes it off a little he bit. He doesn't even brush it he off. He wipes it on his shirt a little bit, and then he. But it's like still full covered of sand. In sand. He's like, "Oh, okay." And looking at them, he's smiling like, "Yeah." Like as this, he eats like, it. No, I don't care how fat you are. Like you're not gonna eat a creamsicle or any kind of ice cream covered, covered in, in sand. sand. That, that, think, that pisses, that's just so fucking stupid. I can't think of anything like worse. Like dirt, maybe, but sand is gonna fuck your teeth up. It's, it's gritty. <laughs> but nope, he tuna eats it anyway. He's gonna then, have it. Yeah. So the, now next is like a drawn out scene where the kids lounge around the playground equipment while small Paul tells them the story of the Pied Piper. Uh Paul at one point does get interrupted by the park's caretaker slash janitor, uh, who finishes telling them the story. Saying that after the Piper cleared the town of the rats. Okay, hold on. This is where my notes get really weird here. Um, yeah, no, no, it's not. I'm sorry. Uh, the town's folk going to pay him. So the Piper led all the kids to the ta- of the town down to the river and drowned them in the river just like the rats. Uh, the Rocketeers blow them off saying, nah, the kids got away. Kids always get away. And then they run off and laughing at them. they scamper off. Yeah. And I, 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 I can just remind me to come back to something there. Anyway, go on. Uh, okay. I'll try to. I don't know exactly what I'm referring to, but okay. Uh, cut to Ro- we cut back to Roger sitting on a swing by himself. Up comes the ice cream truck. Howard sees a janitor picking up trash with his pointy, stabby trash picker upper stick. What else the thing called? I don't know. I just, it's pokers. Poker stick, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, oh, 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 I feel like it should have a name. It probably does, but it, everybody sees it. It's, yeah. You know, roadside workers picking up trash. Or, you know, it's got the pokey stick. Uh, the Loki pokey stick. <laughs> the hokey pokey stick. Oh, I said Loki pokey because that's what they call Loki spear in uh, Avengers. People like this, lo- the Loki pokey stick. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, this triggers a flashback in Howard's head, and we see Howard lying on a giant uh, on a table gurney, if you will, um, and a giant oversized needle injecting some green liquid straight into Howard's head, straight into his head. And, 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 and I, we're gonna talk about this. It for was reagent. first of all. <laughs> It might, it's, it's not it's, as neon green, but it might as well be. It's fucking reagent. Like, I, this was like, why is it that vir- it basically virtually every movie ever, a horror movie ever, it, the syringe is always filled with a green liquid. Always. It's always green. Always green. It's never red or blue or black or like yellow, yellow, or yellow pink. Or, like, I go, yeah. When I get IVs or go to the hospital, I get like, sometimes the stuff they're putting is like maybe has a little bit of yellowish tint to it, but I'm never getting injected with green shit from anywhere. Like, but it's always green in like every movie ever. Why? Why do they do that? Plus, the needle itself is like six inches long at least, and this thing would have had to have punctured his brain, which I'm pretty sure would cause serious fucking or permanent <laughs> brain damage, or or just kill the man out straight. 
I mean, Aaron, you're the medical guy. You saw the size of the needle. How can you put that into a guy's head without, like, basically killing him or just causing him to forget math? No, it's, <laughs> it's obviously designed to go directly into the brain. Yeah. I mean, like, what are they doing? I like, don't how- know. <laughs> it's, it's a stupid movie. Who knows? <laughs> so... We go back to now. We're back to present. Roger asks Howard if he feels okay. Howard replies saying, "Ice cream man feels happy, very, very happy." Um, and he says this while we see him reaching for a large knife he has on the counter behind, like out of sight. Cut to Johnny and Heather racing home at night. They run up to Heather's front door. Uh, again, we see Fat, not Fat Tuna, trailing behind them, huffing and puffing. This is where we meet Heather's dad, Reverend Langley. Johnny and Tuna leave. Um, and that's basically the scene. We cut yeah. back to Howard. Uh, a dog comes up to Howard. He starts barking. Yeah. So Howard's like, he's he's out of the park. He's parked back. He's he's at his lair, basically. Yeah. He's left the park. It's nighttime now. Um, yeah. He's he's returning to it. You can tell he's like returning home. Yeah. He's like emptying out his truck for the night. You yeah. know. Getting, uh, and uh, so the dog comes up. He starts barking. We see Howard pull out what looks like an orange push pop, and he pushes the pop. And instead of a, like a creamy, delicious uh, treat popping up, we see a, a, a knife blade. A fucking come, knife. A fucking knife blade came <laughs> out of the push, push pop, pop knife. A push pop knife. A push knife or whatever. Uh, the camera cuts in to Nurse Warden inside her house, sitting on the couch knitting. And she hears the dog. We hear the dog bark, bark, bark. And then just got a loud whimper. <laughs> and it goes silent. Mother fucker killed, killed dog. the dog. Fuck. I, 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 and right then I'm like, I'm done. Like if you, yeah, if you kill a dog, you kill an animal. I'm, I'm done with you. Like it's nope. I'm, yeah. Uh, so, Nurse Warden goes over to the window, looking out. She says, "Who's there?" Howard pops up, saying, "Howdy, Nurse Warden." And she says, "Hey, have you seen my dog?" He says, "No." And she does see blood on his nose, which uh, Howard plays off as being grenadine for his ice cream for treats. His ice cream treats. So he tells her, hey, I have to go and pack the truck before the ice cream melts, and he leaves. So he knows this lady. This lady knows him. They yeah. live next to each other. That's all we know so far. That's all we know so far, yeah. He's got to know this fucking dog. Yeah. And this dog has got to know him. Yeah. He would, why is the dog barking so what much? What the shit, him? man? Yeah, he, he's been living there for a period of we, we By this, also, no, we assume that he, they pay make out, pretty much make it out that he's been living there yeah. for years. He knows her well enough to pop up and be like, hey, how's it going? So he should well know this dog. That, yeah, right. It's a great point. The dog should know yeah. they should be buddy-buddy. Boo. But that's a great point. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Uh, then we see Howard watching as the dead dog gets put through like a grinder. Yeah, it's like a real, like an industrial style, like wood chipper. It's almost like a wood chipper. Almost like a wood yeah, chipper. It's not like a little meat and grinder. It's like, this, it's like, it's like you just see this fucking body of a carcass of a dog just go through it's like jesus yeah um so now we go to johnny's house where his family is sitting down for dinner uh a few things we learned from this scene one his older brother jacob wants to be a cop and i think maybe he's in the police academy but i'm not sure at this point yeah that's that's he was the police academy okay uh for some reason he's like this close to being a cop yeah uh, for some reason, Johnny's also called Racer, which after this scene never gets brought never back gets up. Never gets brought up again. And it was like, it was like the kid's name is Racer. Yeah, and the, Racer, who's a rocketeer. And the funny thing is, is this that guy, I want to slap. I want to slap this kid. You go. <laughs> the brother, the cop brother, is making fun of his friend Tuna's name. Oh, that's my next one. Jacob likes to make fun of Tuna's name. He's making yeah. fun of Tuna so much, but his fucking brother's name, Racer? Racer. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. Uh, and again, but it's funny, like, he calls, like, 
I think his brother and maybe his mother or father referred to him as Racer once or twice during this scene. But after this scene, never, never again. again. It's not like Heather too. Like, hey, Racer, what's up? Like you would think friends would refer to each other as their nicknames. nicknames. Of not course, not the parents, especially when the, you're a kid. Yeah, nicknames the parents are, are like, awesome. The kid, the parents should be like, hey, Johnny, not hey, Racer. Yeah, like, and again, like I said, never ever mention or brought up again. Why it's in? Who knows? Um. Anyway, during the phone call, during during the phone rings, Mahler answers it. This leads uh. Her asking, they have a conversation. She's like, hey, Johnny, have you seen Roger Smith today? Because he hasn't come home yet. Um, he's like, no. And this leads the mom to place a curfew on Johnny. Tell him that he don't be out after dark anymore. If there's a missing kid out there, I don't want you out. Because she's scared about the missing kid. Yeah. And not a bad move, honestly. No, it's not. Uh, cut to Howard, who's sleeping outside in the dirt for some reason in the middle of a plastic spinning sunflower bed. Like, yeah. this is really weird, too. This, this this scene doesn't make any In sense. No sense. So, last time we saw Howard, he killed the dog, put it through the grinder, and now we see him sleeping in his ice cream outfit still. Like yes. He, like, he just literally passed out on the ground, and around him is just... It's those daisies. It's like windmill flowers. Windmill sunflowers. Yeah, it's a really tacky that sunflower s- that spin around. That you stick in like your garden. Yeah. And there's just like 30 of them yeah, around Yeah, there's them. dozens of them. Yeah. And he's he's passed out on the ground. In the middle of all of them. <sighs> yeah, it makes zero sense. Like, why is it? Like, you tell me this guy doesn't have a fucking we, bed? We, if anything, sleep in the back of your truck. I'm, I'm why are you sleeping in the dirt? I'm really confused. <laughs> yeah, I'm really confused. This. And it's, yeah. that's never explained and either. Nev- never touched on that. Because Nurse Wharton comes out and she's... She's like, you know, Gregory or whatever is just his name. Howard, wake up. Uh, So he's having a dream of himself back in the mental asylum strapped to a gurney while a clown dances around him and he's fed, forced like a giant spoonful of ice cream by Nurse Wharton. He's woken up by Aaron. Like I said, he he is waking up by Nurse Wharton who confesses how happy she is to watch over him and that she, she, for her to have him nearby. And she just goes back in her house. We cut to Jacob dropping Johnny off at a strip mall to meet up with his pals. Uh, Jacob gets in some more fat jabs at Tuna before he drives away. <laughs> uh, they go to Tuna's dad's office where you meet Tuna's dad, who is the president of something. A bank. He's is a it bank. a bank? Yeah, that you find is? out it's a bank. Okay. because yeah. They go to a strip mall. They go in his office. And it just says president. I'm like, yeah, it just says he president of in a strip mall? just says president. And he's got the most awkward desk, like toys or desks. It's like... He's, it looks like a normal desk, but on the right, right next to the corner is a giant fucking like display or desk toy of the Washington Monument. <laughs> it's like three feet long. It's the most awkward desk like <laughs> ornament you can see. And it's like right on the edge. All he has to do is turn his arm and it's going to knock it right off. It's really out of place. It's very stark. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot about that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a weird it's office. It's silly. I know, yeah. but it's just weird. Uh, so while they're there, the dad gets a phone call from his mistress, who he plays off as being Tuna's mom. He's like, oh, it's your mom. Uh, he gives Tuna some cash and sends the kids on their way. I do like that he says, uh, so you're going to keep that oven warm for me? Something, yeah. Like, yeah. Something. And then Tuna's like, ooh, what are we having for dinner? He's like, Again, get out of here, son. Again, the fact it is oven. It's like, oh, it's food. We're instantly food. pumped about food. But yeah, it's 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 kind of fun, the little tongue-in-cheek little, uh, yeah. they do. Yeah, no, I, that's, I, you're right, I agree. Not a I, bad scene. It's not bad. I just, yeah. Uh, we go back to Howard driving around his ice cream truck. Uh, when he stops his truck, he gets approached by two detectives asking him if he's seen Roger. These are Lee Majors Jr. and Jan Michael Vincent. Um, <laughs> I had no idea that was Lee Majors the second, which makes it even better. Yeah. You know, because one, Lee Majors, 
Uh, very famous actor. Lee Majors is second. Who the fuck knows? But the fact that he's his son of Lee Majors is pretty hilarious. I, I, I want to talk about this now before I forget about it. Just because we're talking about how Lee Majors doesn't matter. Lee Majors, for those of you who don't know, was uh, Steve Austin, the $6 million man mm-hmm. in that famous show back in the 60s, I think it was, or 70s. Yeah, 70s, uh, yeah. But then in the 80s, they started making movies about like $6 million man. It was like $6 million man meets Bionic Woman or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. And Lee Majors... Second played uh, Bionic Man in that one, a six billion dollar oh. man. So he kind of replies. But the funny thing about that is, one of the ones uh, Bionic, the six billion dollar man meets Bionic Woman, also stars a very young. I'm not sure if it's her first movie, but it blew me away when I saw the cover art. A very young Sandra Bullock. Oh no, shit! <laughs> yeah. So she was in that turn of a movie. <laughs> She's a youngster. Come on. So, I mean, that was like early 80s, but like, holy shit, Sandra Bullock. She had to have been a kid or yeah. real young. Very young. Very she young. wasn't a kid, but like a she teenager, was yeah. Teenage, early 20s, something mm-hmm. like that. But it's, it's, to me, it was like one of those things like Jennifer Aniston, Leprechaun. Like, oh, yeah, it's that yeah. thing. Like, she, okay, Sandra Bullock? Because normally when you think Sandra, Sandra B, she does like very good movies. She doesn't pick first, a First introduction to her I had was Speed. Yeah, for many people, summer speed. huge blockbuster. Yeah. But I'm saying from there, she's always yeah, big, yeah, from, big from movies, then on, big successful movies or yeah. movies with good scripts. Very not like Bionic Commando, yeah. <laughs> Bionic Woman, <laughs> whatever. Like, what? Or six million on movies, Bi- yeah. Bionic Woman. Um, anyway, so that's off topic. So um, uh, the, the the detectives they ask uh, Howard to uh, keep his eyes open for the kids if he sees anything, and then they order his famous hard pack ice cream. Uh, again, the camera shows us the inside of the tr- uh, truck's cooler slash freezer, and we see that all the ice cream cartons are covered in blood and have mice crawling all over them. And more bugs and like one carton is just fr- filled with frozen, bloody meat chunks. Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. And then Howard tops the detective's ice cream cone with a fucking eyeball, which the detective somehow doesn't notice. And we even get a close-up of the detective <laughs> munching on the eyeball. This is so, this is so probably the grossest, fucking dumb. This is probably the grossest scene of the movie. Yeah, it, all it, you it get is. it's like he put he cores the eyeball out. Then yeah. he he puts it. He kind of smears the ice cream over it so you can't see it or yeah. it hide it. Yeah. But Lee Majors second takes a bite and then a close-up super tight on his mouth as he's going. And all you see is, this, yeah, this, the ice, the, the eyeball is getting munched on for like thirty, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah, it's a pretty long shot. It's so gross. You just yeah. see, and he's got this fucking goatee, and he's smacking this ice cream with this eyeball in it. I have a note Jesus later. Christ. I think near the end of the movie, I have a note about these detectives. I'm going to try to uh, uh, remember this, but th- th- I'll probably remember to bring this back up and <laughs> play back in that note later. But yeah, it's pretty fucked up. So next we see our pack of rocketeers lined up for the ice cream truck again. The fucking rocketeers. Fucking rocketeers. Up comes the mistress character cutting in line and orders a gown of the hard pack. <laughs> Aaron, you, what, you, apparently you got something to say. Go on. What? I don't understand this scene at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on. I just, I'm just, my mind is melting right now. No, I agree. I think I know where you're going with this. I kind of agree. But, uh, so the mistress comes up. She cuts in from all the kids. She's wearing lingerie. But she's not quite, she's wearing a red silk robe, not really yeah, lingerie. but underneath it is, well, whatever. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I don't know, but yeah. Way too sexy to be out, like, amongst, amongst the amongst kids, kids. Amongst a fucking pack of kids. Yeah. <laughs> like seducing the ice cream man, yeah, which is so weird. Because like I get she, she's one. She's already 
fucking a married man. Right. She's an attractive woman. Yeah. Like, why would she be slumming it with the weird, creepy... With I, fucking I, Clint Howard. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this is the type of woman who comes off very high maintenance, very prissy, very snooty almost. Yeah, she, but so there would be no way she would be flirting... Or trying to seduce the ice cream truck guy. That would be below her station in her mind. Cockasidal like, maniac. It's insane. <laughs> like, I, it, I, I agree. It makes zero sense. <laughs> but anyway, so um, she orders a gown of the hard pack and tells Howard to drop it off at her place anytime anytime she he wants, and then she leaves. Yeah, and he seems to kind of get, like, nervous energy, like yeah. cold feet around, like, oh, this woman wants um, to talk to me, as the kids do fart jokes behind her. Exactly. Uh, the kids order their treats. And this is what I want to say. I, I, maybe I missed something in ice cream, in the world of ice cream. But I swear, before this movie, before I watched the movie, I had never heard anyone call ice cream hard pack when ordering. I, I don't know why, but every time I hear the word, the term hard pack, it angered me for some reason. I'm like, what the fuck is a hard pack? What are you talking about? And I, I'm like, stop saying it like it's a thing. Yeah. I've never heard anyone ever refer to ice cream as give me your hard pack. Give me, I want a gallon of your hard pack. I want the hard pack. It's fucking ice cream. Just say I want vanilla, truck. You see what flavor you want. Not like, I want the hard pack. What the fuck is a hard pack? And if you want a soft serve, you ask for soft serve. Yes, yeah, everything else is a thing. Everything else is ice cream. Yeah. Everything else is just ice cream. I, that's what I think. Like, I, I love soft serve. Like, I go Dairy Queen or if they're soft serve. Oh, give me that fucking soft serve. Love that shit. But I've never <laughs> said, give me your hard give me pack. A hard and to pack. me, everything else is it's soft serve or ice cream. Yeah. It, it, that's it. There's, it's. Like, it's just what the ice fuck cream. Is hard pack. Uh, the only time I say hard pack is when I get some like a box of cigarettes. I don't say hard. A hard pack. Uh, maybe, the, yeah, maybe, the hard pack. But I always just say a box, you know. But even sometimes I would say like a hard pack, you know, like soft pack or hard pack. Yeah, like I remember that. Ice, I wasn't yeah. smoking, but I remember that was a thing. Like you get soft pack or the hard pack of cigarettes. Yeah. I remember that. But like, you, I don't. Is yeah. this a California thing that we just don't know about? Maybe. Is this like? Is this a pop? Is this a soda? Is this a pop thing? Like, what the fuck is hard pack? And they say it so much, it drives me insane. Like it's a, like it's totally normal. Yes, like it's totally normal. Totally normal. So. And I don't know, man. It's always soda. Fuck pop. I, I agree with you too. <laughs> fuck pop. Or cola. It's soda. It, it, you can tell we're a Midwest thing now. Yeah. But somebody else out there, fuck you guys, it's pop. Yeah, I know, it's I know. <laughs> no. Anyone who lives north of Springfield, Illinois, is going to be like, fuck you, it's pop. But even <laughs> but even south, it's weird. Like it, it, It's weird. It's like, it's pop, soda, and then it goes back to pop somewhere and down some below. Some people call it cola. Yeah, cola. All, all sodas or pops or soda pop, whatever. They say, oh, give me a Coke. Yeah, Coke. Yeah, yeah Coke. everything's a Coke. Yeah. I did that for a while. Just give me a Coke. Give me a Coke. But, uh. I, I still, it's more, it's, to me, it's soda. It's, it's soda. soda. That's yeah. where I'm from. It's going to be soda until yeah. I die. That's what I'm saying. I don't, maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is a very maybe. regional ice cream slang to hard pack. But, but it's, it's just so weird. So, so stupid. strange. It's so strange. So dumb. Give me that hard pack of Rocky but, Road. Like, okay, if, okay, maybe hard pack is a thing. But like soft serve is a thing. But when you order soft serve, you don't, you don't say give me a gallon of soft serve. Like you say, give me, you, you say, you, you would order like the flavor. Like, okay, a gallon of what? Hard pack? Okay, fine. But what? A gallon of vanilla hard pack? A gallon of yeah. chocolate yeah. hard pack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This hard pack doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, it does <laughs> not sound appetizing no, either. at all. <laughs> We're going on about this fucking ice cream. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, anyway. Howard gives the kids the stink eye for taking too long with their order. Uh, once he gets their order, we see another shot of the freezer. And now we see that there's a mystery body buried beneath all the ice cream cartons. Yeah. Uh, we crossfade to Howard driving... Up to the mistress's house, the address is 149, which triggers another flashback. We're taken to the Wishing Well Sanitarium, 
where once again, we see Howard strapped on a gurney. A man in the lab coat stands over him holding what looks like a giant plastic ice cream cone crossed with like a Nerf gun. Yeah, it's like a it's like an ice cream super soaker. Like I can't understand yeah, what like, it is. I, yeah. I get, okay, I, I totally understand the, the, the novelty, comically large ice cream cone. I get that's fine. But, but there's, there's like, there's like a, a bar- gun there's barrel a, and a and trigger. Like a trigger, yeah. For, it looks like a Nerf gun or a super soaker. It's like, I, like I, what I, the fuck I is this thing? Yeah, like what the hell? So... And then is it, this an ice cream gun? Because that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then it turns into a giant syringe filled with the green liquid again. Oh boy! Uh, the flashback ends, and we see the mistress standing on her front porch, looking at Howard. They kind of look at each other, and he just drives away. He gets all nervous and yeah. later that night, the boys walk Heather home. They drop her off, leave. She goes inside. Inside, Heather looks <laughs> this this scene. <laughs> Holy fuck! This scene. Talk about things not making any sense, and they. It never comes up again. Never comes up again. And you think it's going to lead to something? Nope. nope. This is fucking bizarre. So <laughs> she goes inside. Heather looks in through, it looks into her living room from like the hallway. And we see her mother sitting in like a high back chair, speaking fucking gibberish and foaming from the mouth. Foaming at the mouth. Just going. <laughs> it almost more like, sounds like she's, it almost sounds more like she's barking like a dog at some point. I'm like, is she barking? But she's like, <laughs> Yeah, and, and keep in mind, she's foaming at the foaming mouth while doing this. Eyes wide open. Yeah, she's got like a pink sweater on and fluffy hair. Blue, yeah, yeah, and just looks insane. Insane. And the father isn't concerned like she's going having some kind of stroke or seizure. He's pumped. He's pumped because he's like leaning up against the back of her chair, like smiling, like, smiling. He's like. Yeah, he, he's like a big old grin on his face, and he's smiling. Like, what the fuck, fuck is this? Happening? Yeah, and he looks up, sees Heather, and Heather looks like fucking disgusted and embarrassed. Like, yeah, she's like, shit. oh, God. Like, God damn it, Mom. And then, so Heather turns, runs upstairs to her bedroom. The father chases <laughs> after her, saying, Heather, come quickly. The archangel Gabriel is speaking through your mother. <laughs> What? She runs upstairs, slams the door, and that's it. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what is this nonsense? She's <laughs> speaking in tongues, barking like a dog, and foaming at the mouth. Oh yeah, that's the archangel Gabriel for what sure. The shit, like this, and the fact that we can't be brief. Never again does Never. this ever come back. No, not like this is going to turn into some religious thing or like. Divine intervention or, to come or, down and save them, or or, or the or the priest is going to have some kind of. Like, or, or later, they just try to make it a gag. No, no. no this is like a serious thing that never comes back. They, it's such a weird, like, it's very specific. See, it's so specific. It's so specific for it having nothing to do with the movie. It's like, it never why? comes back. I know. It's like, why they, this scene is in the movie at all? I don't know. Like, okay, he's a reverend. So what? Fine. You don't need to. Why is she talking in tongues? Why is this in the movie about a killer ice cream man? Oh man, it's nothing to do with it. It's so strange. Like, it was. It's <laughs> it blows my mind. Like it almost physically hurts if, if you to try it. It gives you like a ice cream headache. It does. It gives you brain freeze. It gives you brain freeze. Just thinking about why this is in the movie, Ugh. but it fucking is. It, it, it's in there. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, the three boys, uh, they walk home. They're talking. Small Paul's still carrying his Pied Piper book around him. And at this point, I'm like, I realize it's been like two days now. 
And Paul is still wearing the same clothes to carrying around that same book. I didn't notice that. You're right. Because it's been it's been two it, days. It's been two yeah. days since we met Paul. And it's a thin like it's a child's thin, it's book. It's a thin like yeah, yeah kids book like. You know, which okay, whatever he carries around a book sure. he wants to read again, but he's wearing the same. The other kids have changed clothes. <laughs> they have. Paul wears the same clothes for like a week. <laughs> he does not change clothes ever. Paul's poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we make Paul's, fun of the, the, Paul's the Kenny of Ice Cream Man, <laughs> I guess. Why don't you make fun of that kid? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, as they're walking, we hear the ice cream truck music playing uh, in the background. Paul runs off after the ice cream truck wanting more ice cream. Or can these kids eat so much fucking ice cream? They do kind of mention that, though. They go, well, like, you can't have enough ice cream, Whoa, because one kid's like, hey, it's it's too close to dinner. Fuck that. So, you know, they... But they, still, it's like, but at the same time, I know, it's not, I'm not saying ice cream is, you know, it's not expensive or all that, but where are they getting the money for this ice cream? They're fucking kids. Like, it's obviously not that expensive, you know. I grant it's like 50 cents here. So that, they're adding, they're buying ice cream like two or three times a day, it seems like. That's a lot of ice cream. That adds up. Um. Anyway, so Paul runs off after the truck. He finds the truck parked in an empty parking lot, and Howard is now doing some kind of weird jig or dance in the parking lot all by himself. Yeah, that's really strange too. Like, there's no music playing. He's just out there kind of dancing around, doing like an Irish jig. Yeah, he's he's, he's flash dancing. I guess <laughs> but like, he's living in his moment. He's a maniac. He's a maniac. <laughs> he is a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Uh, Howard turns around, he sees Paul, and Howard, so he's like, hey, Paul, you know, he doesn't know his name, but hey, kid, you want some ice cream? Uh, how about some, and he's like, butter brickle? Yeah, he, he, he goes, hold on, wait a minute, I can guess your favorite flavor. He's then becomes the ice cream and whisperer. Then, and then he, <laughs> and he goes, or fucking John Edwards. He's, <laughs> he starts sniffing the air, and he goes, butter brickle. And he's like, wow, mister, how'd you guess? If that's your superpower, lame. <laughs> At this point, I wrote, is that even a real flavor? I've never even heard of that. Like Rocky Road, Mint Chocolate, I get that. What the fuck is Butter Brickle? I think it's that. I, but I think, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it now because I wrote that in my notes. Cause I, but I do think. I've had it before. It's an old timey kind of. I thought it was made up for the movie because we find out at the end, the previous ice cream girl, his last name was Brickle. Yeah, which Brickle was the the previous ice cream man. So I figured it's just something made up. He named after himself. So I was like, oh, if that's the case, whatever. Could be, but But I've never heard of butter brickle. I've heard of butter pecan, butter this, but never butter brickle. Butterscotch. 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 But it's like you have the like the chunks. I think that's the brickle, like the chunks of the butterscotch. It's like made like a wafer, but then you break it up and mix it in with the ice cream. I think that's supposed to be brickle. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Howard opens the freezer, and when he opens up his freezer, it lights up like fucking Marcel Wallace's briefcase. Like it's <laughs> it's like oh, like it's, it's just the light that comes out of this thing. It's ridiculous. You is, is that supposed to be your angelic voice? Oh, but you're like oh, <laughs> 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 that's your angelic voice. <laughs> it's like, there you go. Is. There you go. Little, I'm getting a little congested. So <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah. Instead, right. you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would be replaced now for every edge jugger. <laughs> uh, anyway, inside the freezer is another mystery body that's been crammed. It's a totally different one than before now, by the way. Uh, and I'm like, who are these people? Because at this point, we have not seen him kill anyone except for a dog. But now he's got two bodies in no, the freezer. No, that you recognize that body. Not easily, not yet. Okay, well, I recognize it. 
I recognize it later, but still okay. at the same time, you don't see anything. But it's a se- definitely a separate body than the one we saw earlier. True. So, um, the two of them actually, Howard and Paul actually strike up a conversation while Howard scoops up the ice cream. And they actually seem to like bond a bit over the fact that neither one of them seems to make any fr- has any friends. Yeah. They were both sick when They're they were both younger. Sickly. Yeah. And, like, okay. And this, this is where I, I, I don't mind that both of them being sick. You know, that's fine about it. That's fine. But what the fuck is this shit that Paul's whining about saying, I have no friends? Because he's a fucking he's rocketeer. Exactly, he's a fucking he's rocketeer. A fucking rocketeer. <laughs> he's been accepted into, into this legit, you know, elite group, I guess. Yeah. He's a fucking rocketeer. So he obviously has friends. He's like, I don't have any friends, man. Eh, nobody likes me. Bullshit, Paul. Like, that's the shitty right. That yeah. angered me so much. I'm like, yeah. okay, sick, weak, fragile kids. Sure. Totally cool. Yeah. He's a small kid. Makes sense. Get it. I buy 100%. Howard's a weird, scrawny kid, too, that he was sick. Get that bond, no problem. Got Leave it. it at that. Yeah. But don't have Paul say, I don't have any friends. Because we've seen it several times in this movie already. He's got a whole group of friends he's got with a, a fucking nickname. He's got a tight posse. He does, he, exactly. He's got a fucking posse. Yeah. He's a fucking rocketeer. So like, don't try to make us feel sorry for this kid with no friends. When all movie long, you've shown him he has friends. So Howard gives Paul his ice cream and he hops down from the truck. When he does so... He somehow manages to knock over the pointy trash picker upper stick <laughs> we saw the park janitor using earlier. The Loki pokey. Yeah, Loki pokey. Only now that its tip is covered in blood. So now, like, okay, this gives us the answer to who is in the, yeah. the freezer this it's time. It's the, the park yeah. janitor guy. Yeah. But the previous one, no fucking clue no who idea. that was. Um, but somehow the kid sees that it's bloody. Yeah. And this is enough to give him pause. Yes, because now, now he's like, oh shit. Because the they stay there, Paul's eyes go wide, and then Paul and Howard just stand there, like looking at each other for a while. You know, tensions building, yeah. and Paul's like, "I need to get the fuck out of but here." But then it cuts to Tuna shuffling his fat, non-fat ass down an alleyway. <laughs> uh, he rounds a dumpster and sees Howard pulling Paul into the back of the ice cream truck. Howard sees Tuna uh, yeah. and tries to lure Tuna over with promises of free ice cream. And I actually kind of like this <clears throat> because you see. <clears throat> You know, Howard turn and like, you know, Tuna's trying to hide, but it's so obvious that his head's like sticking out the side. And yeah. so many times in movies, they just try to get that shot that, you know, oh, he's looking at, but he can't see him. But he's like, oh, hey, hey, fucking kid, I see you. <laughs> yeah. He sees him right away. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Well, and, and the pillow underneath his shirt is sticking out from behind the gunster, too. <laughs> the couch cushion. The couch cushion. Uh, so. Uh, and he sees him wearing orange chucks. Yeah, orange chucks. Yeah. Uh, Howard tells Tuna that. Tells Tuna that Paul got hurt. He's taken to the hospital. After another close-up of Tuna's Chuck Taylor All-Stars, yep. he turns run away. Dude, this Which, whole, by the way, exa- you're about to say, this whole yes. movie loves to show close-ups of people's shoes. And almost every one of them. Almost people, all of them. All Chuck Taylors. Oh, man, it's a fucking ad for Converse it All-Stars. It, it totally is. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Which, I was going to mention in my odds and ends, Chuck Taylor, the Converse was a sponsor of this movie. Were so that's really? why there's so many fucking Converse <laughs> shots in this movie. So many. There's so many. It's like it's like fucking last summer or not last like, summer party massacre two with Diet Pepsi. Yes. Like every scene, somebody's drinking a Diet Pepsi or yes. a slice. Oh my. This is the same God. thing with that. It's like everybody's wearing Chuck Taylors all the time. Everyone's got Chuck. They love showing close up of the Chuck. Multiple pairs Multiple. of Chucks. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Howard yells out to Tune that he knows where he lives and he will get his mom and dad if he tells anyone. 
So the old threat there. Uh, we see Tuna go hide in some bushes somewhere. And where it turns out that Roger Smith has also been hiding in the same bushes for like two days. The kid's just been hiding in a bush. He just So Tuna runs away and goes and hides. I get it. But he just happens to hide right next to the kid that's been missing for two, for two days. days. The exact same bush. What are the odds of that? What are the fucking odds that he runs in the exact same bush? Why has this kid been gone for two they, they days? Never like he's, and why is he hiding in a bush for two days? If I'm going to run away and hide somewhere, I'm not going to sit in a bush for two days. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing in a bush? <laughs> oh. It was never an opportunity to go home. Yeah, and two I may, Okay, I need to hide it for me an hour or two until yeah. the coast is clear. Then I'm going to get my ass up and I'm going to go home. Like, two days he's hiding in a bush? And Tuna seems like, hey, kid, like, what's up? Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I see you've been hiding out here for two days. <laughs> I'll walk you home. Okay. Because yeah. Roger, Roger tells her that uh, he's like, oh, he saw Howard kill the park guy. Uh, and, and, and that's it. That's basically, okay. Because then we just cut to Tuna returning home. Tuna didn't decide to hide in a bush for two days. He's yeah, like, no, he, like, I'm he, out of here. He's like, I'll walk you home. Yeah. He like takes, <laughs> escorts the kid home. Escort mission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Tuna returns home to find his parents fighting. And because his mom is pretty much picked up on is onto his dad's affair, she's yeah. she's onto him. Tuna, uh, oh, they, and, they, <laughs> this is where Tuna is trying desperately to tell his parents that he saw the ice cream ice cream man possibly murder Small at Paul. Least, at least kidnap. Paul. At least at, at best kidnap <laughs> yeah. Small Paul. Yeah, and he's trying to get a word in, and they're like. Go to your room, Tuna. Get out of here. We don't want to hear it. Yeah. We so, got, I got to argue about our, your dad's affair. Yeah. 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 So um, they do. Uh, I, I kind of left it on my notes, but I'll, I'll say here. They do have a very uh, Japanese oriental tradition because they, they do make Tuna leave his shoes outside. 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 Yeah. I get to take him off and leave him by the door. Right. Like, not on the carpet. I get that. But outside? He really? must have some stank ass shoes. Who knows? Uh, so Tuna just goes up to his room. Uh, and then we see Howard in his truck. Sitting outside Tuna's house, Tuna because he pulls up, and he sees Tuna's shoes on the porch yeah. now. Uh, excuse me. And Tuna's looking out the window, his bedroom window down at Howard. Howard's looking up at him from the street, and then Howard just kind of like eyes uh, they glare at each other, and Howard just kind of drives off. So, yeah, go on. Okay. Uh, we cut to the next morning. Tuna goes outside to get his shoes, and they left on the front porch, and finds him covered in ice cream and worms, worms. along with Paul's pie. Pied Piper book is underneath that or not too. Uh, we crossfade to Tuna and his mom at the local grocery so, store. And so what Tuna decides to do is she, 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 the mom's leaving and goes, oh, those shoes are so dirty. Put on a different pair. Yeah. She doesn't see the sea. Piles of ice cream, piles worms. of worms, and a book, book smashed into the shoes. Yeah. She's just like, oh, kids are so grubby. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, yeah, I, t- I always put ice cream in my shoes at night. And, when worms, and worms. And worms. And a book. So yeah, they go to run errands the next day. And I, honestly, I'm, I was if my I am a parent now, but if my daughter or my you know I saw my daughter's shoes outside, where I'm like, why the fuck are your shoes outside? Bring that in. Something don't run off your shoes. Second, if I see oh they're dirty and I see they're piles of ice cream, and I'm gonna whoop some and I whoop ass, but like I'm gonna be pissed. Like you just ruined your fucking shoes. Well, and also why did you put ice cream in your shoes? I'd also be very very skeptical that my child did that. That's not well. You know that too, but I'm like, but I'm like, why is there ice cream in shoes? And like, I didn't do it. I didn't, and mm. let them explain. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. 
that's still fucked up. But like, she completely she's ignores the fact that there's ice cream. Like, is this something that Tuna does regularly? Does he? I mean, he's the fat kid. Does he just pour ice cream in his shoes all the time? Because she acts like it's it happens like once a week. But they go to run errands. Yes. And all the urgency of Small Paul is gone. gone. Yep. He's not like, like Mom. I have to tell you this. I have to. He's like he's like Get long for the ride. <laughs> he's like never brings it up again. Whatevs. <laughs> so they're at the grocery store. The mom gives Tuna a list of things to go get, and she sends them on her way. Uh, Paul or Tuna goes over to the milk coolers. Uh, where in here, he comes face-to-face with Howard, who's also buying groceries. Uh, after a brief stare-down, it turns into a grocery store chase. Uh, Tuna r- turns, runs, but runs into a display shelf. It falls over. The display towels on top of him. Howard tosses the, dis- the display stand aside. Tuna gets up and runs away again. He runs around looking for his mom while being chased by Howard. And at this point, I write in my notes, it I'm is. begging, I'm begging, I love, I want to see this turn into the famous Booker T, Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> grocery store fight. I want that to happen so bad. That's such a weird, obscure reference. That's Maybe you know what a, I'm talking about. You I know, know exactly what, I'm talking what you're about. talking about. For any wrestling fans out there would know that whenever Booker T came <laughs> over from WCW, he had a hard time getting off the ground. But what made him most famous was his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. In a grocery where, store. Where they had a fight through the commercial breaks of the grocery store on Raw <laughs> yeah. for like the whole episode yeah. just about. It was ridiculous. I felt bad for Booker T just getting his ass kicked all the with time. Yet, <laughs> getting hit by bread and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, but obscure I, I reference. Kept waiting for like, like, I want to see like a Booker T, but Steve Austin fight. Here. How ridiculous is this when this grown man is obviously chasing this child yeah. through a pack tack? Yeah. Nobody cares that kids <laughs> being chased by an They're adult. knocking shit over. He's picking it up and throwing it back. The kid's running. He's like, come back here. <laughs> like, no one I want to say he, no he, he's cares. not doing that. Clint, How, uh, Howard does not yell. Or raise his voice. Ugh. I will say that. But everything else, yeah, they're running all the place. They're knocking things over. It's obvious this child is being chased by yeah. this crazy ice cream man. Yeah, and nobody cares or knows this. Give zero fucks. Uh, I did find it very weird that a grocery store has also this has carpeted floors, which I thought was very <laughs> odd. I've never seen a grocery store with carpeted floors in my life, but it's, this it's, one does. Yeah. Uh, At least it's Berber. It's that real super thin it, it, type. Yeah, yeah, it's very super. I'm like, yeah. Why? Why shopping carts can be a pain up in the ass enough because always got the broken wheel. And now you're putting it on carpet. Yeah. And two, shit's gonna spill. Piss is gonna spill. That's why it's tiles. So easy cleanup. People you're putting it on shit. carpet now. <laughs> like, come on. That's just bush league. That's just bad planning. <laughs> Who does that? So during the chase, Howard gets stopped by a random woman looking at lipstick. Uh, she wants his opinion on the color if it works on her. Uh, fun fact: the woman. This woman is played by porn star Tori Wells, who at the time was married to porn director Paul Norman, who also directed the movie. Who starred in Hungry Holes? I don't know if she's in Hungry Holes. <laughs> Maybe or, sperm, or bitches. sperm bitches. But uh, yeah, porn star Tori I, Wells, who I was liked, married to the director. I like the way she works that cock. I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> and, and, and you also think, I find that she's doing lipstick mouth. You know, she's holding up lipstick like a dick or something like that into her in the scene as well. But I didn't get that at all. All right, well, you're, it's a stretch. It's a reaching. stretch. It's, right. I am in reach. It's, it, it was a big reach. Uh, that was a Mr. Fantastic reach right there. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't think that joke landed either. No. Nope. So we're going to move on. Uh, so anyway, this distraction by Tori Wells is enough for Tuna to hide under a produce display. Uh, Howard loses sight of him despite walking right past Tuna. Sure. And 
Yeah, he's Arnie, but it's, it's one of those things where you could easily see something. It's not like he's... Well, it gets worse. It gets a lot worse. Tuna climbs onto the lower rack of like some stock boy's cart and is rolled and right past Howard. In the slowest, slowest, most awkward getaway ever. And it's again, it's not like he's... It makes him like, stand out more. It does make him... It really does. What's this fat kid doing on the cart? Which, again... <laughs> The person pushing the cart doesn't notice the sudden weight change. Something weighs 100, 100 pounds, pounds more. Uh, or the fact that there's nothing. It's not like there's a sheet or, or other no. grocery or anything hanging down. No. Him. It's just on the cart. Like, he's clearly visible. There's <laughs> night and day. It, it makes it stand out way more. It really does. But Howard's like, oh, I don't know where he is. Guess he's gone. Uh, eventually, we end up in the man- store manager's, the grocery store manager's office where Tuna's there. The mother's brought in. And Tuna, finally, Tuna, Tuna says, about Howard. Yeah. the ice cream man is after to kidnap small Paul. It's like, now you're telling him. Yeah. Now you are. So You fucking asshole. Now we cut to the ice cream king ice cream store slash factory slash parlor where, okay, now I can back to my other notes, uh, where two police and the detective's cars roll up on Howard, who is out back cleaning his truck. They show him. That they have a warrant to search his place. The older detective... And holy shit. The older... J. Michael Vincent Lee Major send the two uniformed officers in to search and destroy the place. Yeah, they're like, we have a warrant to search your property. And they say, so if you hear any hollows or anything, any hollow possible areas, go ahead and break them open. Yeah. They're like, you got it. They go in there with axes. Yes. The detectives head inside to join the mayhem, followed by Howard. And... Like I said, I'm not a cop, but I'm pretty sure these cops are overdoing on the search part a bit much because they are literally straight up destroying Just this place. smashing everything. They're smashing walls with crowbars and fire axes. They're busting light fixtures. The ripping, light bulbs. They're ripping up floorboards, kicking over baking and kitchen equipment. Smashing his bubblegum machine. I mean, this is more like a fucking mob shakedown when yes. someone doesn't pay their protection money. Exactly. Than the police simply following up on a search warrant. This is fucking criminal. This is criminal mob <laughs> shakedown shit. And yeah, it's it blew me in my. It, and all I'm of a like, sudden, what the fuck is going on? You start sympathizing yes, with the ice cream man. You do. You're like, I, fuck the police. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's several times in this movie I'm like, I feel bad for Howard. Yeah, and I, I, I actually, you're right. My, my yeah. very next note, I actually feel bad for Howard, yes. the ice cream man, at this point. It's because he's being fucking shook down by the fucking cops, and they don't find shit. shit. Nothing there. Uh, and they just leave. He's like, all right, now they're here. We're out. Now, Jan Michael Vincent gives him his card and says, call this number next week. They'll help you out. Yeah. I guess, maybe like, they'll help you out. They do this all the time? <laughs> do they just, whenever they do like, a search? They, they, have a, they, have, they have a stash with a bunch of money for, for their shakedown <laughs> fees. The payoff. And Didn't find fix- anything. I guess we got to fix this shit. <laughs> all right, bring it damage control. Fix your shit, guys. Uh, so, as soon as the cops leave the kitchen... The giant mixing bowl seems to come to life on its own and turn on. It powers on. It raises its giant mixing arms out from the bowl. And we see the mixing arms are basically lined with like giant fucking blades. Giant blades. Just blades. <laughs> uh, and the best part is, again, when this, happen- when this happens, it turns on. It lights up. And there's light- it's backlit, too. And does it go, oh, It does. It does. <laughs> I think the angelic like, music plays. Like, as it's like music much better as, as these mixing bowls come to life so Howard follows the cops and detectives outside uh, de- uh detective J-, uh, J. Michael Vincent apologizes that we discovered yeah, this yeah. out comes nurse Warren t- 
telling him to leave Howard alone. Oh, uh, this thing goes on for a bit longer. She but does ask. Sit. She's like, so I'm the one who asked her to where's my dog. Apparently, that's like the running gag. Yeah, yeah. That is, yeah anytime the cops come by, it's like she's like, where have you found my dog yet? And she's because they're harassing Howard. She's like, no, no, I call the police. Yeah. I'm the one missing the dog. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I yeah. think you're bringing that. I left it out. But yeah, that is an ongoing gag. Uh, anyway, Nurse Wharton wishes Howard a happy day, and she leaves after the, you know every leave. And again, triggers another flashback. Happy day. Happy, happy, day. happy, happy, happy Which, day. At a point, you hear that so much. Between hard pack and have a happy day, you hear that shit so much. And at some point, I was like, I almost feel bad for Clint Howard here. Because, like, happy days? Is that, I guess, rug on his brother? Oh. Like, do you think he's like, like God damn, if I have to hear happy days one more time because my fucking brother. That motherfucker fucker. was in happy days and I was nothing. Not, yeah, like, he got that on all now in this movie, my movie. All I hear is fucking happy, happy days. Day. Happy days? I'll tell you some fucking happy days. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. That's brilliant. <laughs> It drive me crazy too. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we get another flashback and we see young Howard strapped to the gurney. Uh, and the man in the lab coat standing over him holding a giant syringe saying, remember only happy days. And that's the scene. Happy, happy, happy days. Uh, he goes back inside, looks at the mess, turns on the giant mixing bowl of death and then goes into the walking cooler. Uh, he removes a piece of the wall to reveal a hidden (laughs) hole that leads to another section of storage yeah, space. They smash this whole place up. They never once check the freezer. That's, that's yeah. the walk-in freezer. The walk-in freezer. Where like it would be a good place to hide stuff. Yeah, because he yeah. doesn't really open. Most of them don't like. Well, I guess they all do now. A lot of times they didn't open. Yeah. Um. So hidden in this secret secret area is where Howard has stashed small paw. However, this area can't be all that secret. Cause I don't know how the cops missed it because we clearly see that one of the walls. It's just a chain link fence with a chain chained up gate. So there's obviously a gate that leads off somewhere. How does this get missed? <laughs> there's not even a wall enclosed that you can see through the wall. Like, oh, look, there's a kid right there. All they want to do is just fuck the place I think up. they did. They did fuck the kid. We just want to smash shit. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe they have a secret area where you can just see through the fence. Uh, anyway, Howard grabs Paul, drags him out into the kitchen where he sits him on the counter Howard's like, hey, don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. Howard makes him an ice cream cone made from what's left of the butter brickle that was tipped over, <laughs> knocked over on the destruction. Of scoops it up. It's the fucking m- everywhere. Yeah. It's so sloppy. Uh, Paul stares at the mixing bowl of death and its spinning murder blades. Uh, we cut to a church where Heather's father is leading a sermon. And we see all of our main kids sitting in the pews along with Roger. Again, the scene really doesn't matter. And I was going to skip over this scene. I was going to completely skip over the scene, except for the fact I know fa- Heather's father has painted on his hands what looks like the markings of the stigmata. Yes. He's, he's got... What? I'm like, what the fuck? So he's <laughs> he's talking and everything's fine, and then he parts his hands He holds his hands up like, yeah, arms up, hands up high. And, and he's got fucking stigmata. Yeah. I'm like, huh? Like, I've never seen a priest give themselves stigmata marks before. And it's like, you can tell it's not real because it's, it's, it's just red yeah, paint. but they still, it's on. just like, what? Yes! I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this family? What's with this weird religious... Like, at like, this point, I'm thinking, did the father and mother... Did they 
Like, I'm sorry. Okay, is there going to be a link? Did the father and mother also come from the wishing well of sanitarium? The right. Because that would make sense. Because these this priest and mom who thinks they she's thinking They keep dropping these bizarre, like, crazy style. They are acting more insane yes. than Clint Howard is. But these, they're dropping. Clint Howard is acting, like, socially awkward, but not insane. These two are clearly showing insane and behavior. And they keep dropping these bizarre religious, like, the, the wackadoodle side of religion. Yes. People doing stigmata, people speaking. Speaking in tongues, that kind of crap. Yeah, they're dropping these nuggets that never pay off. Never do. Nothing comes back. I'm like, give me the payoff. Like, so oh, when like, I saw when I saw the stigmata thing, I was like, okay, we saw the archangel jibber jabber speaking in tongues. We see the stigmata thing. Rule of three. There's going to be something that ties it in at the end. Some something like that. Because when I saw the stigmata thing, I was like, okay, there's a second. There's a second note. There's second a second note, piece. Yeah. Here, okay, it's gonna, somehow it's going to come back to to tie it all yeah. together. I would, yeah. nope, nope. I I would love to say if somehow, some way, I don't know how they would have written it or worked out, but I was the, curious where the parent like had the parents be. They were inmates and the All Santorium too, or and they knew tie things. in some way, shape, something. Or form. Yeah, but like, how is this? Yeah, because my very next note, you keep seeing my notes, but Taylor's <laughs> whole family is just fucking wackadoodle nuts. It's literally in my notes, wackadoodle. Uh, so after the church, after church, the kids are hanging out. In someone's bed, one of their kids' bed. I don't know who at this point. Tuna says that Small Paul is dead. He's like, oh, he's dead, by the way. Yeah. Uh, then they hear the ice cream truck music playing. The puck, the truck pulls up out front as people start lining up to buy ice cream. Inside, Tuna starts freaking out about the ice cream man. Johnny keeps talking about how it's up to them to figure out what's going on and to put a stop to Howard because they're the fucking Rocketeers. Exactly. And Tuna, on the other hand, who is actually being pretty fucking reasonable, in my opinion, and in my opinion, is right about this. He's saying, why does it have to be us? Why can't we just leave it up to the cops and the adults? Since when do kids go trailing murderers? We're just kids. Yes. And in my notes, I'm like, that's 100% the right thing to do. The right (laughs) attitude to have. But Johnny's like, fuck that. We're the Goonies, and Goonies never say die. No, I'm sorry. We're the Rocketeers, and we stick together. We're the fucking Rocketeers. (laughs) But that, to me, is like... was such a Goonies. Oh, yeah. Just rip off the Goonies Absolutely. jack right there. Sure. Like, no, you guys the Goonies. Don't try to be the fucking Goonies. <laughs> How dare you even reference the Goonies when you're fucking Rocketeers in this movie? Like, no. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Um, make you walk naked through the streets with a bell. Uh, uh, they're children. No, I meant the writers. Not the, <laughs> you're right. Not the, All of a sudden, I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, no. Dude, you took, a, you took a That's wrong the, right. fucking no, turn not, there, not, brother. Right, not the kid. Uh, the writers who try to pull this shit off. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. Uh, cut the lair that night. Johnny and Tuna are now wearing fucking berets with giant walkie-talkies. Matching berets. Head, like, like, headset walkie-talkies. They have, like, a... Like a foot long antenna all, popping all off of a sudden, head. these kids are all commandoed out. They have eye black yes. underneath their eyes. Oh, and also, also get this: each one of them has like a foot long rocket attached to the front of their bikes. By the way, yes. Excuse Except me. for uh, the girl, Heather, who meet, comes the right Heather, now. She yeah. comes up, meets up with them. She's also wearing the same ridiculous outfit, and they all roll like the fucking Delta team. Yeah, man. Like roll out, <laughs> fucking rocket team. Autobots roll out. <laughs> Uh, so, but the very next, the, literally, the very next shot, they're all good, like, all right, let's go, let's do this, we got this, they're all pumped up, pumped up, next shot is, like, 35 minutes later. Yeah, they said, how long have we been doing this? 35 minutes, let's take a break. Yeah, John's like, ugh, I'm tired, tired. let's let's 
Take a break. I'm done. How, that's like perfect kids, though. It, it you know, kind of it's is. like we're so pumped. Let's kick some ass. Half hour later, like I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind that so much. Suddenly, Heather tells everyone to get down as the ice cream truck drives around a corner into view. And at this point, you realize these kids are terrible hiders. <laughs> Actually, the worst. Which we kind of already saw Tuna was a bad hider, but it gets even worse here. Because all they do is try to hide behind their bikes. They get off their bikes and... And they squat down behind the bikes. squat behind their bikes. Which is pretty shitty. But what makes it even worse is that they're in the middle of the fucking street when under, they do under this. Under a streetlight. Right under a streetlight. <laughs> in the middle of the street. And like, oh, we'll just hide, squat down behind our bikes. Nobody will see us here. Ice Cream Man drives right by him. Apparently it works. It works. it's the worst hiding ever. Like, oh, so, let's get, maybe, oh, we got to get out. Let's run into the dark. Let's get out of the light, like, side of the road, like, hide behind a bush. No, there's this Papa squat in the middle of the street. So you remember that compliment I gave Howard before when he saw Tuna behind the dumpster? Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Res- compliment rescinded. <laughs> the goddamn street. Uh, yet, somehow... Somehow, the truck drives right by them, like I said, the kids, and they quickly pedal after the truck. They chase down the yeah, truck now. Yeah. Now, how three 12-year-olds on bikes are able to keep up with a truck is beyond me, but somehow they do it. I will say that the ice cream truck is not It's not speedy, but still, yeah. it's going at least, I'd say at least 20, and these are 12-year-olds on a bike. They're not going to keep up with a fucking Not for car. long. Not for long. Uh, they spy on Howard. The, the truck comes to a stop. They spy on Howard. He takes a large object wrapped up in a tarp out of his truck, carries it into the local cemetery. We also see that the detectives are staking out Howard, too, from a car somewhere nearby. The kids watch Howard go up to a grave, set the object down, unwrap it, and they're thinking, oh, my God, it's Paul. You know, it's going to be a body, something yeah. like that. Turns out it's just some kind of weird ice cream cone holder box. Yeah. And Howard talks to the grave of the murdered Ice Cream King, the one we got saw gunned down in the beginning of the movie. And he dresses his grave site with ice cream cones. Yes. After Howard leaves, the kids were talking to see what he was doing, and we see the grave of Butch Brickle. That's his name. Yeah. And Howard has left the ice cream cones in the tiny... He puts two ice cream cones in like the tiny little vases that are meant for flowers <laughs> attached to the I tombstone. I did like it, yeah. I thought that was cute, too. But then, like, the entire grave plot is, yeah, like, just, outlined in ice cream cones. <laughs> It's very festive, but uh, anyway, so, and then, yeah, Howard just leaves. Uh, we cut to Howard pulling up to the mistress's house now. Johnny and Heather ride up behind him. Tuna, once again, has fallen so far behind that they can't even see him anymore. He's so far gone, he's not even in eyesight. Yeah. Um, Heather forces Johnny to give her his bike, so she has a rocket, and he tells she tells Johnny to go back to find Tuna. So Johnny rides off on her bike. While she sneaks into the back of the ice cream truck and starts taking pictures. Yeah, so. <laughs> now, Johnny finds Tuna. Tuna's like, where's Heather? And keep my Tuna. Yeah, Tuna's, Tuna's so, like, he's like, oh, oh, my sides hurt. I'm so fat. I'm so fat, uh. not fat. Uh, but he's like, where's Heather? Johnny says, uh, tells him, he basically says, uh, she's taking Tuna pictures. here, yeah. she's snooping around the ice cream truck. This gives Tuna a burst of super soldier serum. His nuts and he drop. And takes off racing after Heather. Yeah. Like, it's like in, straight up, yeah. He's just superhero now. He races down the street. A car pulls into view around a corner. <laughs> For some reason, Tuna loses his goddamn mind. <laughs> he screams at the top of his lungs, pushes a button on his bike, which fires a <laughs> rocket at the car, which explodes on impact. 
taking out the car's headlights. <laughs> so basically, Tuna turns out it's the, it's the detective's car, by the way. So so Tuna just fired a fucking missile at a cop car. Did <laughs> it? And hit it. He fired a fucking missile at cops. It's pretty awesome. Which then, if you stop and think about it, that means every day these fucking kids are just riding around their neighborhoods on these bikes with With missiles attached to them. How is this allowed? I don't know, but I love it. I Where did they it. get this from? How did they manage to figure out not only to mount the rocket to their bike, but also figure out a launching mechanism to fire them from said bike? I don't know, man, but I fucking loved it. They I weapon- fu- they're the fucking Rocketeers, baby. <laughs> the Rocketeers. <laughs> this is like t- almost terrorist behavior. They're, they're <laughs> shooting rockets at cars. <laughs> fucking like- missiles that just don't go... Think and dunk. They fucking exploded. Hey, Tony Stark had to get his start somewhere. These maybe this is like Tony Stark kids. I lost my shit. I was like, my I, mind was blown. I loved it. I giggled like an idiot. So anyway, the ice cream truck drives away. We see Johnny in the back of the detective's car, pleading with them to go after Howard. Um, which is weird because I think it was Tuna. Who fired the missile? But Johnny is in the back of the car, and Tuna's nowhere to be seen now. They're both back there. They're both. Were back they? There. I yeah, just saw just... Johnny. <laughs> okay, well they're uh, both back there. Uh, they are then. Okay, I missed it. Then. Uh, Johnny, like, like you have to, you have to go to, uh, you have to, yeah, we have to get Heather. Uh, so the detectives tell Johnny that a cop is going to Heather's house to check on her. But Johnny flips out because, like, she's not at her house. She's right, because last time we saw her, she was taking pictures in, in the, the ice cream, cream truck. truck. Yeah. They cut to the cops. They cut back, showing the ice cream truck drive away. Yes. And we cut to Heather's house now, where a uniformed cop goes up to the door, asks Heather's father to go check on Heather to make sure she's safe in the house. Father goes up to the bedroom, opens the door, sees what looks like Heather underneath the sheet, and starts the old, you know, pillows under the sheet trick. Is that thing. what it is? But but uh, and now I'm at this point. I'm having flashbacks to the last slumber party because I went on a yeah. big rant about that this fiasco. But thankfully, Reverend Langley isn't that fucking stupid. He goes up, pulls to the bed, pulls the sheets back, and we see to our surprise, Heather. She's there. Is there sleeping? Sleeping like a baby. Now I did just say that Langley wasn't as stupid as the people in the last slumber party, but he's still kind of stupid because he seems to ignore the fact that Heather. Is wearing eye black, and, the bed. and, and dressed and in dre- like underneath the covers is wearing like a fucking leather fucking, jacket, rocketeer her, com- her commando outfit, her yeah, rocketeer BDUs or something like that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and like, okay, I can't even miss the clothes because she wasn't pulled out that quick. But I, I think you'd notice your kids wearing eye black to bed, and like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Who, you hey. didn't go to bed with that on. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the family that does stigmata that and true. Arch Angle You're speaking. T- totally in forgot tongues. about that. You're right. <laughs> She's like, oh, there's my girl. Yeah, being fucking crazy. weird. All right, I, I take that back. You're totally right. <laughs> totally right. Uh, so the next day, Jacob gets pissed off at Giant for taking his camera, and is furious at furious that the film is missing. Uh, which is weird because earlier they said it was Heather's camera. But now it's Jacob's camera. Did they? Yeah, because she said because when they were planning this excursion, this outing to get the ice cream, Heather said, "I'll get my camera and we'll go." And then, but now it's only Jacob's camera, and he's pissed. But when like, he snatches proper pissed, yeah. But when he snatches the camera back from Johnny, demanding to know what he did with the film, he opens the hatch of where the film goes. So I mentioned this for two reasons. One, he says, 
where's the film before even looking at the camera in the mm. camera? So he shouldn't know the film is missing. And so there's no way he would even know it's missing in the first place. And But two, even the film was still in the camera, he would have just ruined it because he opened up the camera without rolling the film back in. So he just ruined his entire film role anyway that he was so protective about in the first place. Oh, boy, buddy. Oh, so, boy. Look at, look at you. I get, I know, but <laughs> it makes no sense. Next, we see Howard spying on Tuna's dad and his mistress at the mistress's house. The father leaves or tries to, but finds his car is blocked by the ice cream truck. The father starts banging on the back of the truck, demanding that it be moved. Not getting any response, he flings the uh, rear rear doors open and climbs in. Yeah, this. <laughs> so yeah, the Tuna's dad's getting some little, you know, oh, little, 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 little 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 action on yeah. the side. He goes to his car to leave, and it's not like the truck is really blocking him in. He it's can not that get much, out yeah. pretty easily, but he turns like fucking aggro. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my way. You think you'd want to be a little discreet considering you're having an affair in the middle of the day? In the middle of the day. You know, and you're the bank CEO. You're kind of a big shot in town. We're guessing this is a smaller town. And it might not be the biggest thing to think of right off the bat, but it's also the ice cream truck guy who's who pretty much, those guys know everybody in the neighborhood. He knows your kids and the kids. Knows your schedule and all that stuff. Knows who your fucking wife is. He knows exactly. He knows what's going on. That's a good point, too. Uh, so, anyway, he throws open the rear doors. He climbs into the back of the ice cream truck. But as soon as he does, he finds his face getting seared in between the searing hot, a searing hot waffle press. <laughs> so, a burning hot waffle press gets just clamped onto the guy's clamped face. Clamped on his face. He says a one-liner, but I forgot it. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot, oh. too. I didn't write that one. I wrote some of the other ones that went out that it. one. Uh, and then we just jump to the mistress answering her front door. So this movie's been going on a while yeah, at this point. It it's been going on for about an hour. <sighs> Maybe. I don't even know if we're at the hour mark yet. And it, nothing really that yeah, crazy happened. There's a lot of it long. It, it's, it's very PG. Incredibly very, PG. How this had an R. I think it had an R rating. I, I, it blew my mind. But I, mean, I don't know. Everything, everything has been... You know, you just see like a but like at this point, it might as well be a Goosebumps horror movie. Yes, it's very yes. Goosebumps esque at this point. Um, Worms in the shoes. Ew. Yeah, I was not gonna, I can think of it. There's really not that much cussing, if at all, in this movie. Really, very there's no, little. There's no very nudity, little. There is nudity, but it's very, very hard to see nudity, and even then, <laughs> it's barely noticeable. Uh, so anyway, there stands Howard. In, in the mistress's doorway, covered in blood, by the way. Yeah. And yet, for some retarded reason, she invites him in. Yeah, she, she's like, yeah. oh, come on in, Mr. Ice like, Man, covered in blood. She's like, another serving of dick? Yes, please. She's like, you got my hard pack? <laughs> you say that with such disdain. You're I gonna love pack it. my hard you know, I'm a hard pack. I don't know. I was trying to think of hard and packing her or something hard like that. Hard pack this pussy. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> He tells her he has something special for her and pulls out from behind his back a yeah, giant, sh- <laughs> comically sized waffle cone. And in the cone, instead of ice cream, is the bloody head of Tuna's father <laughs> topped with what might be red whipped cream and a cherry, but it's topped with something. And it is ridiculous looking. It's, it's, uh, the visual but, is hilarious. But we went from PG to, whoa! We were like, you really shifted gears yeah. here. We went from like spooky mice and but bugs and worms to... It's still almost goosebumps PG. Severed head! On ice cream Holy cone. shit! But it's so ridiculously large and comical that it, it goes from being scary or gory to almost, like I said, almost 
kitty goosebumps. But, but it's still like, whoa. Yeah, now, now it's like, finally, holy shit, something's happening here. Finally. So, Mr. She screams, which seems to surprise Howard for some reason. Like, he wasn't ready for that. He's like, oh, shit. Shh, shh, shh. Wait, oh, whoa, I didn't think this one through. Because he tries to silence her by like, holding his finger up to his lips. Like, shh, shh don't, don't. But that doesn't work. Surprise, surprise. So he just pulls out a giant fucking knife from behind his back and kills him. <laughs> yep. This, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the shift is so violent. Like waffle iron on the face. You're like, oh, he killed him. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's almost, that's, that's almost and, like Looney Tunes type that's stuff. That's your goosebumps type of kill. Yeah. The iron waffle on the face. That's it's very wild coyote but then, but then it's severed head to <laughs> stabbing a woman in lingerie. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so yeah, it's fine. Like we've seen great, way crazier stuff, but it's just like because this movie has been so PG, yeah. like the Rocketeers, they shoot missiles off their bicycles and go get them and <laughs> severed heads and stabbing women with their tits falling out. <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, it, it finally something the big big giant gear shift here, and finally something happens. So we jump back to Jacob and his girlfriend going to the one hour film place to get their film back from where Heather took it a little while. But we skipped over that scene. Yeah. Uh, but when they get there, they find out they're too late, and their film is already being developed. Now, let me explain this to younger listeners. Now, back in the day, at these photo places. Most of them had their printing machines in the windows or on display so people could watch the magic of getting pictures printed. They go, oh, look at that. That's that's cool to watch. magic of film. Yeah. Yeah. But it also means anyone walking by could see anybody else's pictures. So you see whatever you want. And that's what makes this scene funny because Jacob's pictures that are being printed for everyone to see are sex photos of his girlfriend he took. Well, she's getting pounded doggy style. Yes. Yes. And like, I'm just like, wow. Okay. I know like <laughs> this movie has been on for an hour. Yeah. Nothing but PG Disney horror. And all of a sudden we got beheadings, stabbing chicks in lingerie and, and photos of like hardcore doggy style. We, yeah. We see Jacob <laughs> pound her from behind while she's on her hands and knees. I'm like, holy shit. And at this point, I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. People, yeah, you know, sex yeah, tapes, yeah. sex pictures. That's all good. But then I wondered, who I, the, the hell is thing. taking the pictures of them banging? Well, you could have a timer on a phone. You could have a timer. Yeah, you could have timers. Maybe. But this is my thought. I but think it, there's a third person that we're watching, well, man. F- fine. But still, you got to get your fucking pictures developed. Someone's going to see it. Uh-huh. You're probably going to go to that same store. Why would you freak out and be like, oh, no, the film is being developed? That's a good point. Unless you have someone who's going to develop it privately, which I out. That's a really good point. If you take the pictures, you want them to develop. They're going to get Someone's going to see Someone's going to see you taking that puss to pound I guess town. The, I guess the thing was that he's, holy shit, my kid brother has them. Like a kid's got them. Or he's going to tell my parents They seem more mortified that they're out there being published. Right. Yeah. And the, and the girlfriend's like, ah! she's screaming at top of her, Like, oh my God. She is freaking out. But um, we go back to Howard in the ice cream shop kitchen thing with Small Paul. 
They seem to be bonding. Yeah, he's showing Small Paul how to make the ice cream. And, they're, they're and Paul legitimately seems happy at this. He's laughing. He's having a good time. Hey, man, I would be happy too. This kid's the, the kid doesn't get any. He gets one pair of clothes. One pair of clothes. One book. One book. <laughs> uh, but His I, parents must be shitty because they don't care. Yeah, actually, yeah we, we never, never see Small Paul's parents. Like, never. have you seen Paul? Have you seen Paul? Nope. <laughs> Paul is he's just a street urchin at this point. He has, <laughs> Pretty he has no parents. <laughs> That's why he's so fucking small. He never eats. <laughs> Howard leaves Paul alone to mix one of the batches, goes over to another mixer where he uses a strainer to fish out women's earrings, rings, and even her fucking diaphragm yeah. from a mix. So I'm guessing this mixer was used to melt down the body of the mistress. I don't and understand this. The, I don't get it. I mean, it's, 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 it's the I get gag. what they're going for, but the liquid in the bowl is green with like red, like bloody red sure, stuff Sure, so it. you're thinking this is acidic or yes. something. But nope. Fucking Howard dips Thank his hands you. right on it. And he's like picking through it. Like, no, no That's, fucking problem. I, I, no, like, I have no issue with, okay, the, you're going to yeah. melt down the bone and acids, you know. Put on love. Acid, use lye, or what you see it all the time. Or, yes. But you, yeah. Use, uh, use some sort of the, a some gritty, tool. A tool thong. But, some sort of thongs. Exactly. Tongs. But thongs. whatever was used to melt down the like, Has no Howard, effect on yeah, him. Howard just dips his bare hands in there. And like he comes out. They're not burned. They're not scarred. He's just like, well, whatever. He's totally fine. So what the fuck was burning, melting this person down? Yeah, it's like he's like got like like teeth and like earrings. It's mostly earrings and metal. Yeah, it's all, it's all but, medical and like uh, yeah, non-organic and, and, material. And the, and the diaphragm. Diaphragm, yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because he's reaching out. He looks at he's like, hey, he's no idea. He like fuck shrugs is. his shoulders like, I don't know what like this uh, is, whatever. Uh, so we skip ahead to the detectives now at the Wishing Well Sanitarium. Oh, this sanitarium, is... meeting with one of the doctors. The doctors tell them how the hospital is all about happy. Happy day, happy patients, and compassion, which is quickly followed up by him yelling at some random off-screen patient. They ask him about Nurse Warren. He tells them that everyone liked her because she always gave everyone ice cream at the end I of their... I did like her. You know when Nurse Warren goes, oh, 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 yeah, I know her. And I'm like, oh, you know they were fucking... <laughs> dirty dogs. Yeah, yeah, you do. And they mentioned that she had a career from 1956 to 1993. All right, so that is almost a 40-year 40. career. Yeah, nearly 40-year career. And in this movie, so, she only looks like she's in her 40s. <laughs> she looks like she maybe just turned 40 because she's yeah. kind of fucking hot. Honestly, I she, thought she, she was... She's attractive, but they, they it's the attractive... They, it's the... it's the uh, Oh, God, what's... It's the, the fucking... She's all that. Yes. They, it's, it's, they take the hot girl and try to make her look ugly. Yes. But you can tell she's 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 hot. She's, she's pretty. Yeah, and it's a, they try to make her look older by just putting a sweater on her, old cat old, eye glasses, old, the big old bottle eye yeah, and, glasses, and like and like poor hair back and, and make her look maybe a, a little hunched, little over hunched with like, with like a yeah. But you can tell she's a goddamn smoke show. Yeah, and, at least pretty. Yeah, and I so would. she should be at minimum. 65 60, years old. I, I agree 100%. At minimum. Yes. Minimum. And she's maybe, and I'm saying maybe 40 years old. I agree. She, and yeah, hot no still. Way. Still yeah, hot. So attractive. Uh, so uh, the doctor then asked him to leave the hospital, and he himself leaves his office laughing like a fucking madman at and this point. Skipping. And skipping. The detectives follow the doctor up some stairs and find that the asylum has been ransacked. It's covering graffiti. Uh, they enter a very large room. Uh, in the middle of it is a fat man strapped to a gurney with light shining on him. Same he, type of room that we've seen Howard. It, yeah, it's supposed to be the exact. Yeah. It's supposed to be that same room just now. You know, nowadays, the doctor stands over him. The detectives approach the gurney and see the man on it has a giant syringe sticking out of his head, and he's mumbling something about happy days. 
We also see the man in the gurney has a name tag on his lab coat and the, the quote doctor starts skipping around the room laughing and singing, come out, come out, come out wherever you are, come out. And he's singing, laughing, skipping. And that's when all the previously unseen doors to this room open and outpour about a dozen mental patients or inmates. They're all, it's almost zombie-esque. Yeah. They're like, it, it, very, but Some of them are like laughing, it. some of them are groaning. Yeah. And they're shambling towards the detective. <laughs> the detectives flee the room being slowly pursued by the inmates. Now, this scene of them making their way back through the hallway, now flooded with the inmates, is fucking horrible. It's it so crazy so it's, it's crazy it's bad it, it's all that's a lot of things because this is when jan michael vincent said fuck, fuck this yeah i am i cannot believe i'm in this goddamn movie yeah, but we have more on that in a minute but <laughs> first of all i got we have to there's absolutely zero tension or suspense to this at all and um because they kind of come up to them and they just Gingerly walk push, right past, but, like and, kind of gingerly push but, them. But both detectives at this point look like they're just on a leisurely stroll to the park. They have they don't even like oh shit we no got no sense of urgency. Like, a leisurely like, stroll should, in the park. We should get out of here. Good and Jen Michael Vincent JMV is like I'm calling from here now. Look like you said bored out his fucking mind at this point. You can tell he's just like fuck this movie. Yeah. He's phoning it. He's not even trying no. to look like he's concerned. At least Lee Majors at one point starts to get kind of concerned and looks yeah. like he's kind of like, oh, oh, look out. There's someone behind me. Kind of pushes one or two We're of them around. Yeah. But, but, but Jan Michael Vincent is literally walking with such disdain. <laughs> yes, he is. He hates that he's in this fucking movie. 100%. Uh, the patients, like I said, the patients come across more as a nuisance than any actual threat to the detective's safety. Uh, and like I said, we mentioned, like we see JMV, he can't even lightly and gingerly just pushes one away with ease. Just like, like just kind of get but off. They're all behind one. Boogie, 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 yeah. boogie. <laughs> uh, and then for some reason, the detectives decide to split up, which makes zero fucking None. sense to me. I don't me. know how they, they. I don't get this at all. Uh, that's got to be against police code. You always go in buddy But it's system. like they, they didn't explain it. It's like all of a sudden they're separated. Well, when he's like, you go, you, you, uh, Michael Vincent tells him, you go. No, I didn't catch that part. Go, go, go call for help. Go call backup. Yeah. But like, why don't you just both go call for backup? Why are you splitting up? Uh, JMV continues his leisurely stroll down the hallway while uh, Lee Majors Jr. goes off in a different direction. Finally, stuff starts to happen when we pick back up with Lee Majors Jr., He's going down the hallway, lined with crazy people doing crazy things, and you know it, it's just they stay. They, it's a they, hot spot. It's just crazy. They crazy, start crazy. to become a threat, and there's the the finally, fight scene. Yeah, finally, yeah. three or four inmates just finally attack Lee Majors Jr. He fights them off remarkably easily, by the way, yeah. very very easily. Uh, LM Jr. just he gets back to his car. Rayo's Rayo's in for backup. We need help in the sanitarium. Oh my god! And oh. that's when. JMV, Jam Michael has finally had enough of this bullshit of the annoying inmates disturbing his leisurely stroll because he pulls out his gun and just starts shooting Shoot. fuckers. He's just shooting fuckers even though none of them have attacked him. He's just been they, walking. They barely even touched him. He's just been walking. He's like, fuck you guys. He turns and starts shooting guys. He just, he snaps. It's probably his real gun because he hates this fucking movie so much. He's just like, God fucking damn it. 
Okay. I, I love it. I love to think. I, now you say that, I love to think that that's kind of like the, the Indiana Jones scene where he shoots the guy with the sword. Yeah. That one is. I'm just so sick. I don't care. Just fuck it. Fuck it. Boom. boom. Kept, I would love it. That, that was what happened with Giant <sighs> was like. He's just like, fuck this. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like, we're going to keep that in. Keep it. We'll keep it. It's from a distance. We can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> So then we see JMV come out of the hospital, followed by a conga line of inmates. Again, walking, walking. gingerly, like just, just a leisurely Here stroll. He's, a more, he's like, get away from me. He's kind of, get off. It's, Points it's, his gun back at him, and they go, ooh. But then Yeah, the two detectives get in their car, drive away, leaving <laughs> all the inmates wandering around free to do whatever the Dude, fuck they want. That scene <laughs> is so bonkers. It's so bad. It is. It's so, so bad. bad. And I'm so curious. It was, I'm really, really curious if this was just Jan Michael Vincent being a fucking asshole. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. No. It's like, look, man, you're not going to get paid if he's like, fine. And he just, like, walks. Yeah. Just being a dick. You're like, I really feel like, because if that's the director's choice, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I'm almost more convinced that it was Jan Michael Vincent being like, Fuck you. You know, I'm going to walk. If you want me to be in this movie, I'm just going to walk my ass the rest of the yeah, way. Because this scene is so. Yeah, his performance in this scene is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. That's why. At I, all. Like, I really, really would want to know if there's any trivia behind that. At I, all. That's a great point. Because, like I said, there are points where Lee Majors is trying, like, oh, yeah, he, he's kind of like, honestly, he's like, okay, inmate there, yeah, okay, gotta keep he, my eyes up. He fights, he has urgency, he, like, kind of, like, Not has a whole his, lot at first, but, but he does yeah, something. But, yeah, yeah, but compared to Jan Michael Vincent, who literally rolls on out. Yeah. With no, no sense of a threat. Exactly. It's and if like this um, was the director's It's a no sell for the pro wrestler fans. Oh yeah. He's no selling no this selling. scene, no selling this scene whatsoever. It's like getting fucking speared by, you know, Goldberg, Goldberg and just standing right up being like, "What?" You or, know, or not like, even falling down in the yeah, first get, place. Yeah, getting the stunner from Stone Cold and just standing back up like, <laughs> Meh. you know. Uh It's a dick move. It is. It's all it's Jesus. Um so we cut to the Rocketeers, the fucking Rocketeers. The fucking Rocketeers. Riding their bikes at night. They end up rounding a corner at the same time as the ice cream truck. The kids pull a 180 and start to frantically pedal away as Howard chases them in the truck. Howard pulls up alongside Tuna, who's fat, not fat ass, just can't keep up with the other two kids. <laughs> of course not. Uh, we never heard that one before. Howard reaches out, grabs Tuna by the back of his shirt, yanks him in, off his bike, and pulls him into the truck. Wow, it's moving. This is very, like, a muck train-esque stunk right here. <laughs> it's like, kid, just ride your bike. We're going to pull you in while you're moving down the road. And you're fine. Because <laughs> it doesn't look like a midget stuntman. Thing. It's no, like, it, it doesn't. looks like they just yanked the kid off his bike. I wonder <laughs> if it's just, like, a stunt woman stuffed with a... stunt woman stuffed with cushions. Uh, so... Uh, so like I said, we see Howard yank to in the truck and while driving and, and, and continue to drive away. The very next shot, we see Howard dragging Tuna to the back of the ice cream truck and force Tuna into the freezer saying, saying to Tuna, your ice cream. <laughs> now you might be saying, Hey Marshall, that doesn't sound so crazy. What's the big deal? Well, here's what made it ridiculous to me. While Howard is struggling and dealing with Tuna, trying to get him into the ice cream truck freezer, the truck is still driving down the street. No, it parked. No way did it park. Because yes, when it you did. see it, you see the bottle shake. You see the liquid moving around inside. There's no way that thing's parked. It parked. Because I, I thought the same thing. But no, you when you pull it in, you see him like pull over and the brake lights are on. So I You assume, don't see him pull yes, over. Yes, you yes, You see him pull him in the next shot. is just inside the truck. It pulls over and the brake lights come on. So I'm assuming he parked the car. Because I thought the same thing. Mm. 
You had All a right. lot on that, didn't you? I, I, not that much, but <laughs> enough, um, enough that enough. I enough that I shit in your cornflakes there. It, it's all right. I, 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 I'll <laughs> say there is a small chance I look down, but to me, I, I, I was watching the movie. I see pull, Yank pulls Tuna in to the truck. It, it's, it's still driving down the road. Very next scene I think I see is I, him in the back of the truck shoving him into a freezer. I wanted to go on this rant too, baby. Okay. But I, I was all like, right. uh, yeah, once I saw the brake lights and him kind of veering off, I'm like, all right. Didn't see any of that. All right, fine. <laughs> all right. Recanted, um, <laughs> redacted, whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I really <laughs> took the swind out of your sails. <laughs> nah, you're like all like your shoulders kind of dropped. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, it, now it, it cuts to Jacob and his girlfriend getting out of their car as Johnny and Heather ride up. Johnny's screaming out for them to call the police. Instead, Jacob decides to channel his inner Charles Bronson or Dirty Harry. Ooh, Charles Bronson, who was in the mechanic with. Jan Michael Jan Vincent. Vincent. Uh, and he tells the kids to get in the car while well, he pulls out a gun from his glove box. He does say, we can't call the cops because you guys have already, you, the cops have already ransacked the place and you guys are basically the boy who cried wolf. But he also says, this is his chance to mess someone up. His girlfriend, <laughs> Just like a true cop. Yeah. Just enjoys the force to be a dick. He just wants to go destroy people's property. That's what he wants to do. That's what they do in this town. Yeah. So he says to his girlfriend, no, the girlfriend, sorry, says to him, come on, cut out the Lone Ranger shit. You're not a, even a police officer yet. To which Jacob replies, I got the gun. The badge will come later. Because <laughs> <laughs> that will hold up in a court of law. <laughs> Dude, I got the gun. I got the gun. The badge will come. I mean, come on. So there you go, guys. Anybody with a gun out there want to go shoot? There's your excuse. Just, I got the gun. <laughs> I'm not a cop yet, but I had the gun, so the badge was... It's going to come eventually. You sure this didn't play, take place in Missouri? Because we have some <laughs> of the most lenient gun laws in the world. <laughs> you can literally go buy a gun, put it in your pocket, and walk right out. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, you, have to, you have to have a concealed carry license. No, yeah. you don't. Not in Missouri. <laughs> there's, no, there's no classes. There's no certification. You can literally be... Anyone who gets cleared to buy a gun and just walk out with it and carry it in your car. I'm not shitting you. It's the fucking Wild West in Missouri, baby. Uh, so, again, Jacob tells everyone to get in the car and if there's any problem, just radio the police. Which, even though he just said, we can't call the police, but now there's a problem, call the police. So why are you just calling the police now? Yeah. Anyway, but like, like, nope, I gotta fuck some shit up first. <laughs> In case I get fucked up, call the police. This is my chance but, to go buck wild. I'm taking but, it. But until then, I'm going to go fuck some people up, so don't call the police. Yeah, I'm going to be a fucking criminal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go purge for a minute here. Yeah. <laughs> it's my um, right to purge. I'm going to go, then call the cops. Uh, so the girlfriend pleads with Jacob not to go, but Jacob is adamant about going, and he, he says... I gotta go get the fat kid while there's still time. Again, not Tuna, not not whatever his real name the is. Fat kid. I gotta get the fat kid. Jump to the ice cream parlor where Howard is giving Paul a history lesson about Butch Brickle. Um, Jacob pulls up pulls up outside the ice cream parlor with his girlfriend and the two kids in the back seat. Gets out of the car, heads into the parlor. Hearing him enter, Howard puts Paul back into his like little secret his hiding little, store little hide hole, uh, and then he goes off. So next we see Jacob wandering around in the dark while shots of Howard lurking in the dark shadows are shown. Like he's kind of following Jacob. It's, it's really dark too. It's very dark. <clears throat> then it cuts back outside 
to the people in the car. The girlfriend and the, rock, girlfriend the fucking and rocketeers. rocketeers. In the background, we see Jacob exiting the parlor, getting back into the car. But uh-oh, now we see that it's Howard dressed up in Jacob's clothing. Hi, honey. Exactly. That's exactly what it says. <laughs> kind of like it. The girlfriend uh, he, he screams. He kills her by stabbing her up through the bottom of her, of her jaw with something, a knife or a screwdriver. Who the yeah, fuck knows? Something, yeah. Uh, after he kills her, he turns to the kid saying, now that's what I call brain freeze. Wah, wah. And Johnny and Heather somehow scramble out of the car, and Howard tosses them an ice cream sickle as they run away. <laughs> Which, this is weird, because first he of all, tosses him a push pop. he's like, here you go, like, here's a treat. <laughs> this is weird, because first of all, the car, it's, it's just a two-door car. It is. So somehow, they, they should not be able to get out of that car very easy, because Howard's yeah. in the front seat, and you have a dead woman in the other front seat. They're squirrely, they're squirrely kids. They should, they, Howard should have had ample time to grab at least one of them from getting out of that car. He's got to have the one-liners. Uh he already said the one line. He just wants to throw ice cream at him now or something. <laughs> anyway, as Johnny and Heather run away, they find a cop car. They open up the door to find, they get help from the cops. and Severed body, or just the headless dead, bodies. Headless body falls out of the cop. They run away again. So somehow now it seems like this uh, this property is also attached to some kind of junkyard. Junkyard, of so yeah. So now we're in a junkyard I mean, again. They, they don't really show too much of the property when they, when they ransack the place. So... The, I, uh, okay. no, but it's weird yeah. because here's what I get. We see there's one shot where you see the front of the ice cream part. It's boarded up, but it's you know it's right on it's street front, street front right the curb right there on Miller Street. And then we get okay maybe behind that there is extended property. It, it, no, because behind it is Mrs. Wharton's house because she has a house. Clearly, we see that several times. Yeah, but it's, the, it's not a trailer or anything. it's like a house, small yeah, one. Yeah. And then there's a dirt patch where that stupid sunflower plastic where we sunflower passed out. We passed out. Then the ice cream truck is parked there. But so we can't get that. But now there's a junkyard there's, here too. There's somewhere. also some somehow a junkyard attached. Yeah, or I, a small junkyard. Yeah, it's, it's like, not big. What, it's not. But still, it's like where'd that come yeah. from? Like why is that a junkyard here? Because it's so close to a street. Like normally junkyards aren't street side. They're kind of off the beaten path. Yeah, they're the more of an industrial. They need, they need yeah. big area to spread out all the junkyards. This is urban. That's like right in the yeah, middle but it's of like town. His his own junk. It's right. a I'm not right. it's, it's, it's still weird. Why are we going as deep into it's it? It's still really weird. <laughs> uh, so, where was I? I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the kids are hiding behind a busted up, rusted out truck. Then they hear a voice say, hey, kids, over here, I'm a cop. And they look over and they see a head of a policeman pop up from behind a car. The cop asks them, what are you doing running from the ice cream man? And then a second cop pops up behind the car too. The second cop says something along the lines of, it's like, Big Sweet always says you can't always find a sweet kid, but you can make a kid sweet. So I'm guessing Big Sweet's their take on Big Tobacco. <laughs> like, what's Big Sweet? I don't know. I, I don't know but that's, uh, and that's been rising up. But two of the t- two heads, two cop heads, is Howard the Ice Cream Man. And when Howard fully stands up, we see that two cop heads have sticks shoved up their necks, and he's working them like puppets. Yes. <laughs> Again, this guy is really dark with the severed heads. <laughs> really dark. You look... And he's using them like puppets, and he's moving their mouths, and their really? mouths are barely moving up and down. But if think and about he how much, like, commits this bit so much. He does. But here's the thing about this. I get okay. You shove a stick up the head, and you're holding him. That's fine. No problem there. But he had somehow MacGyver a, mane- a mechanism to where he flips a switch on the stick to make the mouth move. So did you see what was actually used? You may I, not have seen it because it later comes up, but they're ice cream scoops with the little. Oh, is that what it was? With the well, little. Well, I know uh, he uses ice cream scoops later, thing. but 
I didn't think they were scoops because they look like long sticks. They're, I, they're, I guess they got long handles, but they 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 are ice cream scoops. The parts that you push down that can like it has that little mechanism yeah. that swipes off the, right. the ice cream from the actual scoop. So he's using ice cream scoop triggers to make the mouths move. Okay, Jefferson, <laughs> how much time would that take for him to MacGyver that kind of mechanism to do that? This, the but it's the scoops. It's, it's the, the scoops. scoops. All right, that's all right. Um, so the kids run off again. Howard hangs back as he has a full-on conversation with the head puppets. And he does this bit goes on way too long. It does. Eventually, he, he does. He does the gag to scare the kids, and that's when it should have ended. It should have. But he runs around with it for like another five minutes, yeah. stopping, doing gags, doing more. Hey, he has like I said, full yeah, on conversations. Full on conversations, and uh, it's like, all right, man. He he does chase with the junkyard, like Aaron just said, yeah. holding the heads, making them talk the whole time. Paul now we see Paul escape his hiding his holding area. Howard looks for the kids. Nurse Warren pops her head out of the house, wanting to know what all the racket is. Howard hides the head puppets behind his back, tells her, oh, the local kids just wanted to play hide-and-seek. I'm seek. playing hide-and-seek yeah. with the local kids. And she's like, ooh, fun and games. Yeah, hide-and-seek, yay. yay. Like, like, she almost has the mind of an infant, too, at this point. Yeah, right? like, <sighs> um, Next, we see Johnny and Heather running up to Nurse Warren's house, banging on the door. She answers it. She's like, help us, help us. And she's and like, like, oh. We, and they say, like, we need yeah. to hide from the ice cream man. And she's like, oh, hide-and-seek. Hide and come on in, come on in. She's got a big smile on her face. I'll help you out. So we cut to JMV and LM Jr. sitting in the car. They get a call over the radio saying, now there's a report of three missing kids. To which JMV says, I don't give a damn. <laughs> because he does not want to be in this movie. Exactly. Like, I don't give a damn. Like, that probably was not the script. <laughs> I don't give a damn. And, and, and so JMV just gets out of the car and he heads into the ice cream parlor. <laughs> Jump to Howard pacing and ranting about the kids. Tuna escapes from the freezer. But when he tries to flee, he ends up face-to-face with Howard, who grabs Tuna and drags him back to the truck. But JMV and LM Jr. show up, guns drawn. Guns drawn. Howard closes the rear truck doors. The two cops go around to the front windows. I, Howard smashes Tuna's face against the glass to use them as a human shield. And then force feeds Tuna copious amounts of ice cream. Shoving ice cream in this, into the fat, not fat kid's yeah, face. Fat, not fat. So I love that they're, they, they, he has a kid. And he's like, they're like, freeze. And then closes the fucking door. And you think, if you're a cop, you're like, I need to get in there right fucking now. Because yeah. he could be doing anything to that kid. And they're just like, let me see you. Come on out. They don't try to get in there at all. Nope. They don't. It's like, that would be the first thing you well, would do. I don't know. But there no. might be. There is some kind of rule about, you know, breaching. You, you can't. You have to ensure the safety of hostages. You can't just go in guns blazing. I, I, so, I know. Maybe not guns blazing. But you... You got a guy with a knife to a child's neck, and then he closes the door. No, they should have tried to open. Yeah, I they, would what assume. They do is they, they try to open the door. Yeah. They don't even try to open the door. He's like, oh, they just go around. Try the to side. get into the van. Don't, don't. I don't say. I'm not saying you have to be guns blazing, but yeah. you would try to get the in there. there. Eyesight on. Yes, yeah, yeah. you try your hardest yeah. to get in there, but they're like, hey, we need to see you, pal. Yeah. And then he comes to the window. He's like, eat, fat kid, eat. <laughs> just shoving ice cream into his fucking face. It's so cool. It's so weird. <laughs> then Howard and Tuna disappear from view for a moment. Then the sliding door opens and an unconscious Tuna falls out face first. Who the cops don't even try to catch? No. They just look in. And then they look inside the truck and there's no sign of Howard. The camera pans up. And now we see that somehow, some way, Howard has managed <laughs> to get up on top of the ice cream truck. Howard pulls out two large ice cream scoops. 
then leaps down on the two detectives, bashing them over the head with the scoops, double, knocking Lee Major Jr. out. He knocks him LM Jr. out cold. We see JMV try to crawl away underneath the truck to get away. But before he grabs him, Howard gets distracted by Nurse Wharton calling out, calling, uh, calling him out that and saying, "Giant, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, Howard, Howard." You know, He's calling to Howard man. about Giant Heather because mm-hmm. like, "Hey, she's coming out." Like, look what I got here. They are. They, and and uh, we get quick shot, Paul turning on some of the kitchen equipment and ripping the picture of Butch Brickle off the wall. So small Paul is up to something. He's up to something. He's plotting. We go back to Howard dragging both Heather and Johnny out of Nurse Warren's house. While the while uh, an excited Nurse Warren claps her hands and smiles in glee because She's Howard like, oh, won hide and seek. It's so much fun. Howard, or Ice Cream Man, won hide and go seek. Despite the kids screaming that Howard is going to kill them. She's like, yay, you won, Howard. Yay, you're <laughs> Greg or whatever. Yeah, whatever. He's Howard now. <laughs> Howard drags him into the parlor, but then the back door opens, and there's Paul holding a picture of Book Brickle shining a flashlight on it. Now, this is pretty fucking stupid, because I'm not sure if Howard actually thinks this is the real Butch Brickle, or he's just memorized by the, make this hypnotized by the picture which is either way, it's fucking dumb. Either I don't way. get this. He he freezes and goes, Butch Brickle. Yeah. Like, it, which makes it, is he really thinking this is the real Butch Brickle? It's just a picture with a flashlight but, shining on it. I mean, he's he's a simple man. And Still, but he's seen the picture. I know, he's I, he preaching to Paul. Brother, to, I hear you. I hear you. But he, now he's mesmerized by the photo. He's basically hypnotized by this Basically, yeah. yes. He releases Heather and Johnny and follows the picture into the dark hallway like a fucking moron. Uh, now, that's not even the most retarded thing in, in, in oh, this point. In, instead of running away to get help or just running from the ice cream killer, both Johnny and Heather... Decide to fucking follow him into the dark parlor, where they just so happened to meet up with Tuna, and which like, how, what, why is Tuna in there now? I don't know. Makes no sense to me because last we saw him, he was laying face down in the dirt outside, but now he's in the parlor, which also means that he too decided not to go get help, but to run into the ice cream parlor, which when you think back, it makes zero sense because he was the one this whole movie saying. I don't want anything to do with this. I'm a child. Let's go get help. I'm just a kid. But now he's like, fuck it. I'm going into the dark, scary ice cream park where there's a killer in there. What is happening? Sure. None of this makes any sense. So while Howard follows the picture through the dark, he has more flashbacks or delusions of his time at the wishing well. Paul leads Howard back to the kitchen. The kids follow behind him. Paul drops the picture of Butch Briggle. Howard goes to pick it up. While Howard is staring at the picture, Paul plugs in the mixing bowl of death, turns it on. Now, from what I saw, I'm sure Aaron will probably say something different. I don't know. But what I saw, it made me think the mixing blade spins so fast that it creates a vacuum or a vortex or something. Because all I can tell is for no reason whatsoever, Howard just falls into the mixing bowl. You know, I don't. He's standing there and then he just he's, he plops into the bowl. Like, there's nothing, nobody knocks him into it. He doesn't, like, he's just, it's like he gets sucked in by the swirling blades. You know, I, I can't think of anybody pushing him in or nobody knocking him does. in. Nobody does. He's just there. Or, he's staying next to it, and he's just in it. 
The kids, the I can't kids, think of what did. I can't. I mean, that, that that has to happen, man. It doesn't. It has to be. It doesn't. Some Scooby Doo Home Alone type of like. There's no schoolboy, you know, get by his knees and push him in. The kids are nowhere near him. They're not even on screen. He's just staying next to the mixer, and next thing you know, he's in the mixer. Are you sure? Yes. Because I am having a really hard time thinking of exactly what knocks him in there. You're right. Nothing. Does. I can't think of anything that does. <sighs> How did I miss that? He's just in the bowl. So Howard now basically is blended alive in a giant well, mixing bowl of death in slow motion. Well, he, he falls into the bowl. Yeah. And then Small Paul plugs in. No, because he falls into the bowl and then Small Paul plugs in the thing. It's and he already says, turned on. No, no, no. Because he, he, when he plugs it in, no, he, he says, says he, has a, he, has a, he has a one-liner. Yeah, he says, you're... Uh, he says, who's the Pied Piper now, Ice Cream Dick? Ice Cream Dick. But, no, because, okay, he's basically yeah, he, blended I alive see him into plug- giant mixing bowl of death in slow motion. Sparks fly, the murder mixer catches on fire. Paul says, who's the Pied Piper now, Ice Cream Dick? He, <laughs> uh, but Paul plugs in the mixing bowl and turns it on beforehand. We see that before he goes into the mixing bowl. No. Yes. Man, okay, well. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to go ahead and concede because I cannot think of anything that knocks him in there. Because nothing does, it's so but it's crazy. already turned on. That's, That's what I'm so saying. Because nice. it turns on, the blade starts spinning. That's why I made the the vortex vacuum. Because why is he getting knocked in? Did the blade suck him in? Because they're spinning so fast. Because it's already no. turned on. Anyway, we crossfade to I guess the next morning. So we're complete, S- we're completely bamboozled yeah. by the villain. The the climactic scene where the villain gets his, and we're totally dumbfounded and confused as to what happened. Yes. Oh, that's bad. Exactly. Uh, like I said, next morning, I guess, cops are escorting the kids out of the parlor as more cops show up. We see we see JMV and LM Jr. being helped to their car. Uh, Nurse Warren comes out asking if they found her dog yet, which is still the ongoing gag, and want to know where Howard is. We fade to black, fade in on Johnny and Heather meeting up on you know street side sidewalk. The two of them are wearing their fucking dumbass Rocketeer Beret uniforms. I think they're pretty sweet. Uprights Tuna, who is also wearing his beret, along with Roger, who is now made an official member of the Rocketeers and given his own beret. Which I'm like, so you're telling me that these fucking kids at this point have they have apparently a stash sure. of extra berets just lying around for induction. Hey man, like how many? Who, okay, you gotta, you gotta be part of the crew. Like, this is it's just gotta be part of the crew, man. Fucking whatever. What kids have berets? Uh, uh, the fucking Rocketeers, Rocketeers do. Okay, you're right. Um, also made me think: What are the entry requirements to become a Rocketeer? Because Roger. So he didn't do shit in this movie. Survive the He's ice cream man, I guess. barely even in the movie. He's what would make more sense to me, what I think would have been a better thing, is if in the beginning of the movie, Paul was not a member. Because he's what I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. He's not a, he should not, he yeah. should have been a loner. He survives the ice cream man. Now he survives, but he's the one who kills the ice cream man. He's rewarded by becoming a member of the Rocketeers. That makes sense. That's what should have happened. Roger was useless pile of turd in this movie. <laughs> he's He spent his whole movie hiding in a fucking bush. He did. He spent the entire time hiding in a bush, but yet he's awarded for and, what, and getting escort And getting escorted home by Tuna. Yeah. The and fat, not fat kid, who's the weakest character in the whole movie. Who is now not fat. Yeah. <laughs> he was now, and they even show it. They even show, like, they just show fucking Johnny 
<laughs> like, go, hey, like, touch tuna in the stomach. I'm like, why is tuna thin? They've either one, they're trying to insign- insignate, insignate, that's not even a word. Insinuate. Uh, insinuate, thank you. Yeah, to me, it's like the next day. But, but is this like three but, months from now? Is it's, he well, it's, it, there is some time, there's a time that passed. Not much. There, but there's enough that he, tuna shed about 50 fucking pounds. Because John 12, even like pats him on the stomach and goes, hey. First of all, for a 12 year old to drop 50 pounds, that would be hard. Yeah, because you're, like, you're still growing. Weights, you're still growing. This is like but the it's, next it's day. It's so crazy because he's. You can clearly see they, they took the fucking fat suit off of him, and he's like a slim kid. Was that why they needed the slim kid for the bigger reveal that Tuna loses weight at the end of this? Which doesn't make was maybe is it, was it maybe okay? He was so traumatized by that he gave up his ice cream treats, and that's what made him lose all the weight. Which doesn't fucking matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's so weird. So, Roger does ask where Small Paul is, and Tuna replies, where else? Therapy. <laughs> like, like, duh. Like, duh. <laughs> like, he's like, where else? Oh, he's at Six Flags. Oh, he's at the amusement park. Oh, he's, he's at the movies. No, but he's, he's like, he's at therapy. And he says, like, such a big smile. You want to know what his therapy consists of? And what we're going to talk about, I mean, his therapy is we, <laughs> the Small Paul is sitting in a fucking black void. He's in a, we With a, just a spotlight over him. Yeah, it's this <laughs> giant black void. He's sitting in a small pool of light, and the camera zooms in on him. And we see that he's churning ice cream. Like a, a homemade a, like ice a cream. Churner. Yeah. He, he turns around, looks up at the camera, smiles, freeze frame, roll credits. What uh. the fuck? First of all, what kind of therapy is that? That does not seem like it would be very beneficial. Uh. Why is he left alone in a dark fucking room? And whoever put, it, but whoever put him in there was nice enough to let Paul keep his digital calculator watch that he was wearing. Sweet Casio watch, baby. So that's, uh, so, that's the move. That's, I'm guessing it's maybe they're trying to set up a sequel to where Paul would become the next Ice Cream Man, maybe. Uh, but which, which could be made now. It could be made now. Yeah. yeah but that's that. would you want a sequel to this made? If done right, yes, I would. I would like to see it. I, I think it would be a fun I, B-horror movie Again, I think remake, if done yes. right, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I could... I could go with those scenes. Maybe Just not, because, not, not a whole franchise. I don't need three, four, and five, but I don't need to turn into like a full moon, evil bong, ginger dead man type thing. But, yeah. Uh, oh, a full moon would do this. That'd be awesome. If they could somehow get the rights to Ice Cream Man and remake, like, dude, do a an sequel. An Ice Cream Man, ginger dead man crossover would have to happen then. Oh, yeah. Ginger Dead Ice Cream. Ginger, ginger Dead in the Ice Cream. Ginger Bits. Yeah, gingerbread cookie. Or just make cream. Ginger Dead Man the Ice Cream Man. Nah. Nah, he's too small. Nah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have the anyway. small Paul continuation. Uh, so that's it. That's it. That's it. I know you want. I was supposed to remind you about something, but I don't think either one of us remembers what you were going to talk about. Uh, yeah. I, I thank you. I can't believe you remember that because I totally forgot. But you remember that scene when they go, the kids always get away, yeah. and then when they're on the merry-go-round and the the Pied the, Piper, yeah, the Pied Piper and the park rangers telling talking about him. Yes. And I'm thinking, that's total foreshadowing. The kids are going to get fucking killed. Nope. Nope. The kids all get away. Yeah. Fuck this movie. I agree. Like, I, yeah, some that I, pissed me off. I know it's a thing about nineties and most of like, you don't kill kids, but the that, whole movie is about an ice cream killer stalking kids. He should have killed a kid. A kid. Like Roger or somebody or Paul. Somebody should have died. And they didn't have to do it graphically if that's what they're they worried about. Off screen. Like when they showed him loading small Paul on there, I assumed he was dead. Yeah. And I'm like, well, there goes one. But, you know, it's like, I get it. You don't want to show blatant child murder. But I, that's another thing. Like, 
Well, let's talk about right because uh, what comes next is uh, our favorite kills. And we have a uh, wait. Who's that coming in? Oh, Harley Quinn. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. You're just now for uh, our favorite kills section. So many wonderful kills to choose from, but you can only choose one. Dems the rules, pudding. The best reaction <laughs> to my stupid little setup. Fuck yes, though. I'm just gonna leave it there. Fuck it. That was awesome. Uh, favorite kills. Uh, there's a surprise again. For a horror movie, hardly anybody dies in this movie. Almost every, and pretty much every death is technically off camera. Yeah, um, pretty much. You and everybody, everybody that dies is like is a secondary or tertiary, even tertiary at best character. They're minor people, like random cops. Yeah, a dad that you really see once or twice. Like, there's no the there's none of like the main characters like horror movies. At least some you know, of the main characters die. This one, nobody, none of the main characters die. You know, that's a really good fucking point. Could, is that Tuna's dad was fucking beheaded and his head paraded around in an ice cream cone, but he's the one who loses weight and does fine. Yeah. And Small Paul, who survives, has to go to therapy. You think the fucking kid whose dad got yeah. his head chopped off? Yeah. Might need some therapy. Yeah, and he's the one who it was stalked. Uh, Small Paul was chummy. Like, why is he kill? They, they were boys. boys. They were buddies. That's nothing that makes no sense about the ending. If, if Tuna kills him, that's kind of like his come up. It's like, oh, it's his, his poor like, Justice, whatever. Good for Tuna. Here's like, Paul be like, dude, you're my friend. You killed my friend. Yeah. Why are you killing him? And also, like, I, I also made more, it would be made a little more sense of maybe uh, J. Michael Vincent or Lee Majors Jr. One of them got killed because they were somewhat more major than the other, other than the kids. Who else are your yeah. major characters? But they come out fine. Like so, it's fucking lame. But anyway, we got we we got to pick one. Them's the rules. So uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the girlfriend. I don't think we ever learned her fucking name. The miss, I just call her the mistress. Sure. Yeah. No. 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 The the older brother's girlfriend. Oh, the other brother's the girlfriend, not the mistress. The yeah. girlfriend who got pounded in the pictures. You're right. We don't know her name. The, the mistress was Wanda. when she gets stabbed through the bottom of the mouth, and we hear you know. Talk about brain freeze. Yeah. That's that's my favorite kill. It's pretty lame, but at least it looks like it's the effort of an actual on-screen kill. Yeah. So that's my favorite kill. Uh, I kind of think I have to agree with you because all the other kills were off-screen. The, the the reveal of Tuna's father in the ice cream cone is great. It that's is good. Hilarious. But you don't really see the kill. And now that I think about it, I'm looking back at my images. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure when we see the severed head, the head itself is pretty much fine, even though he just got his face burnt in a waffle press. You're he right. should have had like yeah. burn marks and waffle sure, marks on his face, mic. and just there is totally fine. You're totally right. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with the uh, probably the girlfriend too, getting stabbed in the yeah. Up it, to the it's job. it's such a shame for a movie that has a decent cast. That's a you know it's supposed to be a gore. You know this was fucking you know straight for VHS right yes, or yes, it was. right right for a movie you know in. Video, video store release. Yeah, it's supposed to be gory and you know um, grindhousey, yeah. and they just didn't. Yeah, yeah it, it yeah. was a letdown there. A lot of reveals, not a lot of on-screen kills. Yes, let's move on to uh, odds and ends. Hey, where do you think you're going, Mr. M and Mr. A? Ain't done yet. Here comes the odds and ends. Now sit down. All right, ratings. I am to be four point nine out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes. 
Uh, there is no thermometer score. What has a 42% audience score. Amazon gives it a 3.7 out of 5. Uh, trivia. Uh, let's see. According to this, Clint Howard screamed and, yell, screamed and yelled at the top of his lungs while driving in the car every day to the set in order to have a more gravelly voice for his role. Ugh. Uh, the movie... Oh, we are talking about movie being sponsored by Chuck Converse and Chuck Taylor, so we'll move on. Uh, uh, the scenes in the sanitarium were shot in an actual abandoned sanitarium in Pasadena, California. Moreover, the satanic drawings and graffiti were already there on the walls because it's been abandoned. People were, you know, graffiti. Interesting. So nice. Uh... The first draft of the script was written in three days. That does not surprise me at all. Uh, David Warner worked only two days on the film. So he was only on set for two days for that. Uh, David Warner, who was that? Uh, the father, the priest. Oh, oh, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, the direct, director, Paul Norman, shot several scenes in his own house. I don't know which house it would have been. Maybe the, <laughs> maybe Heather's family. That's the point I think we're in the house the most of. Um, Steve Garvey. What do you even mention? Yeah, I forgot to mention Steve Garvey's in this movie. Uh, for those who don't know, Steve Garvey, he was a, he's a Hall of Fame baseball player, played with the Dodgers, multi-time World Series winner, uh, all-star. Uh, but he's in this movie. Uh, he spent only half a day. Um, he spent mo- pretty much, he was only on, in the film on set for one day. He spent half that day signing baseball cards for fans who showed up <laughs> on set. Who is this? He was, I think, Racer's father. Oh. He's Giant's father in the dinner scene. I, I believe that's him. He did look fit. Yes. Uh Mashed potatoes were used to su- as a substitute for ice cream in many of the shots. Uh, and it, this is funny. We just talked about this. Uh, in October 2014, a Kickstarter campaign was created calling for a sequel to the original. Yeah! Starring, uh, starring the ice cream man with Clint Howard coming back to reprise his roles. To no one's surprise, it failed because the movie's never happened. But I guess you, he could. But come on. At this point, he was chopped up, blended a lot. I don't know how you explain him coming back. But. Yeah, he'd just be, you know, just horribly scarred maybe missing an arm or something yeah but yeah. anyway uh so that's that's the um trivia facts i got for this uh but surprisingly i'm very happy we find we also get to play the budget game again Oof. now it's time for mr a to blow his wad with the budget game all right budget mm. aaron what do you guess is the budget of the 1995 ice cream man Okay, uh, 1995. I'm sorry, you had relative names. You know, you had Clint Howard, even though he wasn't a huge name. He this I think this was his first and only starring role, right? Where uh, he's the feature. Maybe as a feature, but I know there was a previous horror movie where he was in a horror movie. Yeah, he's in tons. Where he was, I think, the killer or something. Tons of stuff, though. Tons of stuff. Um... Lee Majors Jr. Jr. Still a per- still still a name. Uh, Jan is Michael Vince. Is it? It's not really, but I mean, it's still. Is it really a name? Enough that it's a name. I recognize it. Jan you, Michael Vincent. You, you recognize Lee Majors, not Lee Majors Jr. No, but he was in Bionic Commando or Bionic. Six Million Dollar Man versus Bionic Woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because that was a blockbuster that everybody knows. But it's something people are familiar with. All right. Jan all right. Michael Vincent was also a. A, a somewhat seventy. That guy said to me, "I knew him from an episode of Rick and Morty, <laughs> but which he wasn't even in. He was just referenced. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he died this this year. Oh, he died just a couple years ago. A heart attack at seventy three. Oh, um, the reason I knew that is because I just saw some like a blurb about it in February, and I was like, oh, I recognize that name from Rick and Morty. <laughs> And that's how I found out he was in the mechanic. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's the who that's he was." The guy. But he was in a lot of '70s action 
So he was still a name. Um, and the, the fucking character actor that was always David in Warren. tons of shit. You know, I mean, I'm going to guess. And Olivia Hussey was somewhat. Yeah. She was. One million dollars. One million. Um, you know what? I'm gonna give it to you. Oh, really? I'm gonna give you the win. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Estimated budget, two million dollars. Oh no shit. Yep. I was thinking this is a like because I'm thinking if I'm if I'm Jan Michael Vincent and someone says, Hey man, I'll give you two hundred thousand dollars for this movie, be like, All right. If I'm Lee Majors, like I'll give you one hundred thousand dollars for All right. You know, like just just enough to get you over the hump. And most you know of the cast I mean? is kids, and the kids don't get no high shit. Salaries. They didn't get nothing. Yeah, they wow, got paid. Right. They got paid in ice cream. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so I'll give you the win. Two million dollars estimated budget. You get some win. That's nice. pretty damn. Close. Now it's so funny because when you get in the higher, the higher dollars, that's when the the the, the variability yeah. isn't so bad. I like give it was like a twenty million dollar budget, and you guess like ten or I'm like nah, yeah, that's no, yeah, but that's yeah. Good. Uh, I'll give you that one. Sweet. All right, so moving on to uh, five-star reviews. Five stars? Five stars? These loonies must be crazier than I am. Lock them up. All right, five-star reviews. Uh, you know what? I forgot to write how many total reviews there were on Amazon like an audio, but let's move on. Five-star, first one from Jellybean. Uh, <laughs> we lo- this one makes you feel old. We love oldies for October Halloween season viewing. Ugh. And this movie made our list. Five stars. <laughs> oldies. Oldies. So 1995 is an oldie now. I was driving in 1996. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's that movie Ice Cream Man. <laughs> That's when I was driving. Yeah. That's an, uh, <laughs> an old movie now. Uh, Mark D. Saw this when I was a kid and loved it. Years later, it hasn't changed. Low budget, hilarity, and some good gore. It's exactly what you expect for a creepy local ice cream man to do after the sun sets. Five stars. Yeah, that's what I expect my ice cream man to <laughs> yeah. do. Commit gruesome murders. Uh, from GT Falcon 1. This movie is just a crack up. It is a movie for beer, pizza, and mates on a late night and let the laughs flow. Probably not for couples, though. It is just a classic example of a movie being so bad it's good. Five stars, five stars. Hey, that's why we reviewed it. I like that. Not for couples, though. Not for couples. No. So would you say, you like, you and Melissa, not not watch this movie? Not a romantic movie. Not, no. I want to mm-hmm. really, say it's romantic, but not for, like... Really? Not for couples? It's, it's an odd thing to say. Because uh, I don't think anyone's confusing this with I fucking guess, a notebook. I guess it depends on what kind of couple you are. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. could be for the the ghoulie types. Yeah, yeah. No one's comparing this to the notebook or the piano or yeah. fucking any Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant movie or any of that shit. Or rom-com. Yeah, rom-com. Yeah, Catherine uh, Heigl stuff. Sandra L. Graff. I loved Ice Cream Man, and I think it's a cool, good movie. Five stars. Cool. Good. Now, I have two left. I'm going to... No, I'll take it. Three left. For two weeks in a row, though, Movie Guy is back again. Man, Movie Guy is always guy. on there. Movie Guy is Now, fucking... his aren't as funny. He, he gets a little more technical. He gets deep. But I, I edit some of his down a bit. Movie Guy likes the deep cuts. Yeah. So, he's like, bear with me. The movie starts out with a black and white episode out of the 50s. An ice cream man gets shot. A child comes out. Child com- A child come to get ice cream it is disturbed by it. And I don't know how the kid got blood on his head. Converse supplied shoes to all the kids in the film. Hands all ridiculous close-up shoes. We then flash a modern times to sanitation within his truck leaves much of his desires. He scoops out ice cream, which includes human body parts. He's clearly deranged. What makes this movie interesting are the characters who are caricatures of themselves playing roles stereotyped by dialogue with names like Tuna. How can you not love them? This movie boils down to the kids versus the ice cream man. It's a fun movie, but not scary. 
nor for not scary for adults. No f bombs, no sex, no nudity. I am puzzled by the R rating, five star. That's the only point I'm like. That's is puzzling because we talked about that earlier. Like, how this get an R rating is very puzzling. Yeah, it's very PG thirteen. I'm, I'm pretty surprised with that too. Can it? It. I bet you it just has to do with the severed heads. Like that was enough to Maybe. get the R. It would rating. have to be that or. Because it, it, it can be all public. either that or it's the actual kill of the girlfriend that you actually see. That was still pretty very, weak, very tame. But it's an actual murder you see. The other kids never said you don't see, and when you do see them, they're done in a comical way. They're puppets or they're on ice cream. I, I get it, but it's still kind of macabre, right? And kind the of only creepy. Other thing I could suggest, and this is a huge, huge, huge fucking stretch because it's in there for a millisecond, is the one shot where you see the the, the sex the picture sex scene, and even then it's. That's pushing it. Yeah, but that I could get because that you wouldn't have in a PG thirteen movie. Maybe the dog going to the grinder. That was a little graphic. Okay, the dog. Yeah. Okay, dog and grinder. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like just enough to barely get an R. Yeah, just enough. Yeah. yeah. So okay, these last two are weird. These are the ones that are really weird. So this one's from Sid the Elf, who I think we might have had before. Mm. Uh, but he writes, anytime Clint Howard is the star of the show, you know Sid is in all the way. He's the first <laughs> ballot B Hall of Famer. It was Clint's magnetism that drew young Sid to this film all the way back in 1995 when we saw the trailer, when we saw the trailer on a rented VHS of some sweet 90s B-horror. We loved it then, and it held up incredibly over time. How could it not, really? Clint's character is called Gregory Truder. He went to a ment- he, he went mental as a young kid after he witnessed his idol, an ice cream man, being murdered. So Gregory sent off to a mental institution. Upon his release, he became an ice cream man and starts kidnapping people, killing them, and incorporating their body parts in, into his delicious ice cream concoctions. Is that not the biggest plot you've ever heard of? So we're moving along and we have Clint and just a wonderful plot and bam, we get hit by Jan Michael Vincent train. <laughs> now we're up to four stars at this point. <laughs> as you may be able to tell, this flick didn't, didn't have too much going for it as plot, but when you take everything mentioned above and couple it with horrible fake body parts, well, Sid couldn't be happier. So yeah, we love this flick 14 years ago and still do today. Five stars. So Sid talks about himself in the third person and in the plural. And in the plural. Yes, that's why it's so weird. Sid is plural, Sid is- singular third person, but plural. Yeah, he might have some issues. Jesus, Sid. Yeah, that's why I was like, this is weird. I have to read this. Last one. This one takes you on a ride. Just takes you on a ride. All right, man. I'm, I'm already tired. I know. <laughs> Alex Edelman writes, and he, it's enti- his, his review is, enti- is titled... Beauty and the Beast. Which, that alone, like, what? I'm confused already. Sit back and enjoy this one. This one you might need, like, some some edibles for. Some you need shrooms. the popcorn for you, this no, one? Oh, no, I'm not talking about I'm talking, like, the, the, need, the wacky tobacco or, or some shrooms. Stuff, huh? okay. That hard pack. <laughs> <laughs> it is rare in life that we get blessed with anything as perfect as this film. We wander around in our lives day after day, never truly focusing on the, on the reality or the surreality of the world in which our children live. This is a brilliant modern-day masterpiece. No DVD could ever do this piece justice. The reality of the world is comparable to the works of the Sika or Kira Rosamati. Kurosawa himself could not master the ethical issues, and the absurdity is something reminiscent of Zazie Dines de la Muerta, or Metro, or Weekend. Any critical film essay not re- referencing this timeless classic is incomplete. 
Do not miss your opportunity to understand something that only few of us ever get the opportunity to think of. This is a movie that will keep you thinking for the rest of your life, making you ask the age-old question with an all-new perspective, what is it all about? Five stars. All right, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but you didn't deliver the joke well enough. <laughs> We've heard reviews like that where they just get too poetic on such a shit movie, but lots of times they come home with the joke. That guy just missed. <laughs> he just waxed poetic and then didn't quite deliver too much. It's like, what is it all about? No, 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 no. You need a little bit more punchline there, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it a thumbs down on that Anyway, review. we ran really long for this episode. I, I did not, coming into this episode, I did not think we'd be this long. But we're really long, so let's wrap this up real quick. Aaron, final thoughts. Take it away. Let's go. I think it had potential. I really thought it was kind of, you know, it's like what a great type of uh, villain for your your B-horror movie stalking kids, right? Yeah, especially the 90s, too. Yeah, because, I mean, it's the ice cream man. And we've mentioned before, he knows your routine. He knows who you are. He knows he's where like you your, live. He's basically a real-life Santa Claus right now. <laughs> in a, in a, it's exactly what you're doing. He knows where you sleep. He knows your way. He knows where you live. He knows your neighborhood. He knows your parents. He knows all that shit. So it's like... Hide and, your sisters. Hide your mothers. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. Because ice cream man going to be killing up everybody. <laughs> But it, it, it's that type of character. You know, it's right. the unsuspecting, sweet, you know, guy who gives kids treats, brings happiness to kids, but he could be evil and dark. And it's 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 actually not a bad plot. It's premise, not a bad yeah. – yeah, thank you. It's not a bad premise. And I don't think it was necessarily ex- – it was just a little too weird. And Jen Michael Vincent phoning it in. The decisions that were made were... I, Dude, I don't think he's phony. He, at this point, he's like snail mailing it in. Yeah, it's he's, that bad in that one scene. It's, he gives zero fucks. It just doesn't get over the hump for me. I would say watch it for yourself, but for me, so bad it's scary. Um, you know what? You make some good points. and I feel like it's just almost there. It, I, that's where I'm at, too. Like I'm, I'm on the cusp. Like, I... Part of me wants to say so bad is good because it is ridiculous. It's Clint, Clint Howard does a good job. He does a he, great he's job. Great job. He is on point the entire time. And, the, and honestly, kid actors are—they're not bad. They're the not kid bad. actors are not bad. They're no. really not. They're not that bad. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll be I'm first. We'll say I don't really like movies that focus on kids. Oh, I know, horror, especially <laughs> horror movies, because you always know as soon as your kids in horror movies, it's gonna get watered down. It's Until you had a kid, you wanted to kill all kids. Uh, <laughs> Now you're just a big old softie. Uh, yeah. Um, but I agree with you. Like, part of me wants this so bad. It's good because it is ridiculous. And it, it, it probably should be seen. There's some comic value in it. And just the, and some of the insane stuff like the speaking in tongues. That's ridiculous. And, and uh, But I agree. You're right. I think it's they missed the mark. I wish, I wish, I wish it would have been gore. Because this was would have been, mm. a, I think, again, the premise is great. But I would have loved to see more gore. Like, he should have been going around. Now, if you don't want to kill the kids, final kill, but kill more of the adults, kill the parents, and, and, kill the detectives, kill other and people. Like, and start it off sooner. It doesn't yeah, really get going until the third run. act. Basically, about twenty-five minutes left in the movies. Where yeah, you find and, if, and, then, going. and then it just gets crazy. But like he, they even play by two. He should have been going around like you could have done cheesy, fun, water line kills. Like 
Take those those ice creams. He could have been like scooping people's eyeballs out or, or like brains. brains out. Yeah, there's just so much opportunity to do something fun with some of this stuff. Freezing people, uh, breaking them off pieces, like turning them into yeah uh, uh, popsicles or something. Oh, like, there's so, so much stuff, but they just missed the mark. Is it so bad? It's scary though. I no. I'm so I'm gonna still say, in a weird way, so bad it's good. Just because it, the premise is there, it should be watched just for because it is. There are some silly effects. That the, not good. It's still a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the, the ice cream head, the ice cream and the ice cream cone is funny. The head, the puppet heads are funny. Clint Howard nails it. Yeah. He does really good. There's some good. I'm so saying, it, I, I don't know if I'm so saying. I'm, I'm still, I'm, now I'm thinking so bad, it's scary again. But then again, man, this is this one. I think since we're split on it. This is one that Moon Goon's got to watch on their own. This you is one they got to see. Like you got to, you got to be the tiebreaker. I, I'm gonna leave it so bad it's good, just because the things that are in it should. Be, it's fun to watch and be still, but it's barely, barely over that good, good mm-hmm. threshold. It, it really is. They missed a lot of opportunities. A lot of, a lot of stuff could have been better. Um, but there it is. Uh, we're running long, so I'm gonna shut up. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. Like I said, we don't thank you enough, but Ooh. so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, remember to check us out in uh, Creepy Count in Austin, or not Austin, August 23rd to 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, we'll be back later with another another episode, another movie. So in the meantime, guys, watch more horror movies. And remember to always keep it tight. Woo!